This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Barbenheimer happens. What? Oh, yeah. We've got reviews for both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Plus, we got Hollywood strike updates and reactions to new trailers for the Marvels, Invincible Season 2, Gen V, The Boys spinoff show, Ahsoka, and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, July 24th, 2023. <laughs> oh, hi, I didn't hear you come in. This is Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Now, if somebody could please explain to me what a geek boner is, my life would be complete. Until then, rock on, nation. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. What's up, listener? How's it going? Thank you for pressing play, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And joining us, oh boy, it's a guy who fully embraces the Barbenheimer lifestyle, meaning he likes to wear pink and blow things up. Welcome back, Rug Boy. How's it going? What's up, everybody? Here oh, I am, yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, in the fucking felt. How, how's Andrew Tate doing in Romania? Well, you want to know what the real deal is? So uh, I don't know if you know this listener, but part of my origin source story s- starts in Romania. It does. Right? This is how the reason why I'm a felty. I was cursed by a gypsy lady in, in utero. My mom pissed sure. off a gypsy lady. So anyway, I found this opportunity to go to Romania through Andrew Tate. I just used him because I'm trying to find the gypsy lady or some relative of hers that can undo this curse so I can get laid like a normal person. Like, um, again, not be a felty. But um, uh, what I discovered is Andrew Tate's a pretty big piece of shit. So I got the fuck (laughs) up out of there. And instead of like hanging out with Andrew Tate, I just went to like a a much nicer person. Uh, I went to the... Vladimir Dracula, Vladimir Tepes uh, <laughs> Castle, and just hung out there. <laughs> it's a good what time. What just happened? Yeah. What, was, what did he just say? No, it's just like American Tale. He's searching for his family. Well, just instead like of Bible. a guy who, uh, you know, human trafficked women, like I went hung out with a guy who shoved like uh, steaks through a guy's buttholes. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. Oh, and there we get to our. Uh, wow. And that when that's a perfect segue Reverse to talk about the news. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Uh, we're glad to have you back, Rugs. I think a lot of the <laughs> listeners missed you. That's was all. that a hot enough take? A good a open t- for that's you? A, that's a good hot take. All right. Before <laughs> and we lost every listener. Before, we everyone yeah. has now just yeah completely <laughs> gone. Great mental image. Andrew Tate's whatever. Wait. Thank you. Uh, th- we appreciate you, all you new listeners for tuning I've in. Made accusations. Still Our lawyers will be in touch. Thank you. Yes, there'll be uh, the lawsuits in the mail. No, look, before we start, I just want to issue the reminder again one last time that I made that? at the beginning of last week's show. Listener, if you are listening to this podcast on the Stitcher app, oh yeah, you have one month to find yourself a new podcast app to listen to. Oh, shit. Stitcher is shutting down August 29th, and I checked the stats. There are, we're getting some downloads from the Stitcher. So, this is your warning. Maybe your last warning. 
Uh, otherwise, the show's just going to go What do you away. suggest that they use? We, listen, we are on every other listening app from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to any. You can download any podcast app. You'll find it in there. I use Downcast. Overcast is a good one. Podcast Addict is what Podcast I use. Addict is also a good one. You can stream it from the website. Sandblast. We're on Google Podcasts. The feed's a little screwed up. It will be fixed, but you can find us there. But go to our website, jockandnerd.com. There's a, a little drop down. It has all the places you can listen to. So, look, Stitcher is around 15 years. It's going away. These things happen. Uh, I mean, Twitter is becoming X. Yes, so, Twitter uh, is just suddenly X now without any fanfare. I was very confused. What the fuck, Elon Musk? Uh, and then the last thing, Rugs, quick comment. We are approaching our 500th episode. Geek boner. Comment. Um. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> um, are we doing anything for that? I think I me- I heard yes, you guys sale? talking about something. You want me to explain? Yeah, real quick. Tell them again. Uh, well, tentatively, mm-hmm. we're doing Blue Beetle. No, well, we are doing Blue <laughs> are Beetle. We're reviewing Blue Beetle. Isn't we are reviewing everyone? Blue Beetle, but uh, we're also going to do our uh, last 40 years uh, action tournament finale. So we're going to take all the results and then throw in the, the foreign films that we left out yes yeah it'll be 16 uh movies so nice four from the 20 21st century four from the 90s four from the 80s basically taking the last four from each tournament and then putting in the four that you and Bilotti put heads together on two from the 80s two from the 90s that are foreign and we'll throw those in and i'll create all the matchups and we'll have some fun yeah i'm pretty sure that Bilotti and i have it figured out already it just needs to be written down right on yeah just put it in put it in right in one of you two at some point, so we will before uh, the 500th episode, so me and Imran know what to watch. We will do that. We will watch those, and I would like to encourage the listener. You want to send, maybe send a nice message. Maybe you got some questions for us. The email show at jockandnerd.com or on Facebook, or send a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you and hear people say shitty things about us celebrating <laughs> 500 episodes. That's my favorite thing. Uh, okay, let's get into the news, you bastards. The Jock, Jock and Nerd, Nerd Podcast. Podcast. Hollywood strike update. The writers have now been on strike for 13 weeks. It's week 13 of the writer's strike. About a week, one and a half for the actor's strike as they started on a Friday. Uh, Rugs, we never got your hot take on this. Were you surprised? Is this how crazy is this to you that everything is halted? And uh, no, they have to because technology has changed and fucked up. Look, um, if you can remember far back as the 90s uh the music industry before digital was a thing sure like you'll know that the whole entire in- industry kind of collapsed and now like people who are you talking about like napster when that all came yeah, out yep, mp3s like, yeah so like this is basically like another yeah. one of those like inflection points where oh, you yeah. have to like like there's a huge you know catalyst that's about to like change everything and you have to it's already changing everything and you have to get on top of it and they have to now fight for rights that will protect them into the future, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I completely support the actors. They're going to get hosed because at the end of the day, these people are not spending, these studios are not spending money on new shows and there's, even though they look bad because they're not putting anything out, they're still saving shitloads of money. While wow, there's a strike on, right? So it's yeah. not really hurting them. Yeah, they kind of it's probably... hurting. It, 
when it starts hurting them yeah. in the stock market and their shareholders start getting pissed off, yeah. then they'll start to fucking bend over and lube up their buttholes. But like <laughs> at this point, their buttholes are as dry as the desert right now. Well, they have a little bit of a runaway, but it'll dry up because there's going to come a point where there's not any new content anymore. Yeah. They got a while because they're insulated because they do that stuff so far ahead of time and they roll these things out so f- you know, late. So they do have a runway. So they have a lot of time. So like the question is, can they hold out more than the actors? Exactly. It is a waiting game now, right? This war mm-hmm. is now can they wait the actors and writers out until they're homeless or until the studio stock starts what to do you think is going to happen with the actors though? do you think that they're going to be like no we're doing the right thing and we're going to go down with the ship to, to get I the think, right thing i think both the actors and the, i mean the writers have already been sticking it out for a bit now yeah i think they're both i think they're fed up i think they're gonna i think they're gonna ride it out as long as possible yeah. and, and bleed these guys until something changes i think if you have money I don't really know if these charities that donate to these actors and stuff funds really give them the money, but I feel like if they did, like I would invest in that because I would want, I want to personally see the actors win on this. I think there's something you can donate to say. I'm always about the artists because I know that these corporations in these studios, they have shitloads of money all the time. Oh yeah. They always pretend like they don't have money. Yeah. I know this from personal experience. They always act like they don't have money until they, they do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it is a war out there. And regarding content, the one strategy the studios can take is pushing shit back. And I saw this article. Warner Brothers is considering pushing Dune 2 and Aquaman 2 to next year. Because I, I at this rate, the way they're waiting, I don't think this thing ends until October. Why November. would they push it back though? They're just because you cannot so, promote the thing without actors. They want oh. to, they need promotion marketing time. Uh, the same reason they gave him the twelve day extension for uh, the actors to negotiate, even though the studios did not negotiate. They just wanted to premiere uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer and get their promote promotions out for their big movies. Uh, so any time that they can buy, but yeah, on the other hand. They're saving a lot of money right now, not doing anything, which is it's it's kind of crazy. Here's something I learned. This may be. You think it's bad that they're having a phenomenal opening weekend? Well, that is also this is a very weird, huge box office weekend during a huge historic labor strike in Hollywood. It's wild. It's wild. All this is wild. It makes no sense. Everything happening right now is so crazy and unprecedented. We are living in great times. Well, I'll say this. It's. The, the while it is awesome that this is happening in terms of the box office um it's bad for them well it's it's going to be bad though for the theaters very soon yeah. because there's you have this wave now yeah. where the theaters have have been disappointed with a lot of the big releases you get a fucking awesome wave here yeah. and there's only so much runway with these movies that are coming out yeah. and any of the learnings that you can take from this up this past weekend in terms of like original new yeah. new ideas, new IP, yeah. non superhero, none of that can be developed right now. Yeah, and even the yeah the the marketing. Of so the any momentum movies, you have yeah. until unless these guys get back in their seats and negotiate, it's it's all going to go away real quick. Yeah, the theaters need to milk this shit as much as they can right now to to ride out the the dry spell that's coming. Uh, there is some studios that still get to make movies. I learned. I did not know this. The studio A24, you know, that's had a 
bunch of yeah. bunch of hits lately, horror films, everything everywhere all at once. They are not a member of the AMPTP, meaning the SAG can give waivers to actors to still continue to work on A24 movies. So good for A24 and possibly other indies. Cool. Wait, why why does that? To say explain that again? A24 is not a member of the organization that they are striking against, meaning the AMPTP, oh. the collection Basically, of Basically uh like the like A24 it's independent ish. They, yeah, they're independent and they they basically come up with their own deal per person. Oh gotcha. Okay. So it's not like there's no industry standard for them like which is good or bad. Like because like if you work for the guild, right, you right. get like a standard paycheck right. for showing right. up right. for right. a day. Right. You get paid X amount of dollars. Right. They might not. They might undercut them. You know, who knows? 100 percent. And and in those situations, while it's cool that 824 does that, there are plenty of examples in sport where if you don't have a union, they actually because you don't know what everyone's making, they actually that actually lowers your pay oh. because they because no one knows what anyone's making. So, so then they take you're yeah. basically negotiating against yourself, and you're in and you have no leverage actually yeah. at that point. Whoa, pretty that's much. crazy. But I'm like the way that I see it though is if you, if you're doing an independent studio, you already know you're not getting the money you should be getting. Like yeah, you're like, doing you're doing that like, for, for example. If like De Niro and, like slums it on an A24 film. He's not going to get money. He's doing it for prestige or because he likes the project or he knows the director or whatever. Someone fingered his Ro- butthole. Like Roman Polanski. <laughs> Roman Polanthony back in 2020, 21 was a big A24 guy. They make great so shit. Throw that out they there. make great shit. I, I'm not an A24 I have nothing guy against, I have nothing against A24. No, but I also heard that they have to. Uh, if they have like using actors who are in SAG, they have to work according to the proposed SAG rules, like the newly proposal. They kind of have to follow those rules if they're going to allow them to continue shooting a twenty four or something. But I thought that was interesting. Anyway, well, good for them. Make it still there's still something to do. Here's another good. weird effect of this whole thing, and this happened before the strike. But this weekend, we just had San Diego Comic Con. Holy shit! Right. Big fucking huge convention, uh, kind of not a lot of buzz as in usual past years as studios had already dropped out of Hall H. And then with this actor strike, no celebrities, no panels, no interviews. Uh, I was looking on Twitter when it was called Twitter, not X and uh, photos and like what was going on there. And it just seemed like it was all about the comics. And then there was a shot of Hall H and there was maybe like 15 people <laughs> sitting in there. No lines. But, you guys, normally, this would be our big San Diego Comic-Con wrap-up where we'd have tons of t-shirts and trailers. It's kind of strange. The past it's years bittersweet. It's bittersweet because, like, on one hand, yeah, you don't want all the fucking the sycophants going in there and, like, all these, like, fake fans. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I'm drunk right now, so it's okay. <laughs> Speak this your fucking, truth. Look, let's, um, uh, let's be real. There's just people there for pop culture, right. not comics. Right. We know this. It's not like a lie. We all know this. So it, on one hand, I feel like it's a victory for comics. But at the same time, we all know one hand washes the other. So, Well, I had a buddy out there. Oh, really? He was, uh, he was on my spinoff show, Chris Satello. Oh, Satello was out there. Nice. He was out there. Yeah, he was out there Thursday and Sunday, and uh, he had a blast. So. Yeah, oh, that's that great. what it's worth. Bought a, bought a lot of different merch and had fun just going all go looking at all the stuff and not having to wait in line for 
all age. So I mean, yeah, good time. I bet it was great. There was elbow room, not as crowded, probably. Maybe it was, but well, I think it was probably as crowded. It's just the whole H thing wasn't. Yeah, it? The, all, the big panels weren't there. Yeah, they were doing like video game stuff, like Spider Man Two game had stuff, yep. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, animation. But really, but we did have trailers and teasers come out, so. It says it is bittersweet that we don't get the big SDCC, but the whole industry is in a crazy place right now. So we do have a bunch of trailers to discuss. Let's warm up before we get to the two big crazy reviews. Uh, first one, the Marvels put out a new trailer. Uh, Anthony, let's start with you. Yes. What did we see in here? Some interesting details. What did you think of this trailer? And is this do anything for you? It was I. It wasn't bad. Um, I don't know how this movie is going to do in the box office, but as far as this trailer itself, you know, it's, it kind of continued the theme of. Uh, I mean, they, they, they weren't they using Intergalactic a little again? Yes, the Beastie Boys yeah. song returns in like a slower, broken down. Don't thing. you tell me to smile. That's right. Don't Still tell there. Me. Don't tell <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I. I was Mr. MCU before Phase 4, and uh, I've definitely very much cooled off on the MCU yeah, because of their own doing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're taking one of... I mean, let's just frame it the way it looks. It needs to be framed. You're taking probably one of the more unpopular characters they have, Captain Marvel, and you're pairing her up with two characters that debuted in TV shows on Disney+, Plus. one of which, Imran's favorite, got the lowest viewing yes. out of anything. You've got to watch that show. So, I mean, if you're just looking at this objectively, you have an unpopular character pairing up with two characters that a lot of people haven't seen. I don't know if that makes a recipe for <laughs> uh, a box office smash unless they're going to replay the whole feminist angle again. And I think they played that card the first time. I don't know. I don't know how, I, you know, you, you, you might do it, be able to do it again. And the first one made money, but... Made a billion dollars. Yeah, I don't know. They make a lot of money. Also had a very unpopular, so unpopular that they decided to make her sequel, yes. the Marvels, yes. instead of Captain Marvel yeah, 2. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah. No. so I do thought. think that um, Captain Marvel is acting a little differently in these trailers. Uh, it, what, She's smiling? It, what, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> How's she acting? She's not scowling the no. whole time. She seems to be a little bit more like Instead of like uh, full of herself, she's kind of like more like okay, like whatever, like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a lot more like uh, I don't know, That's relaxed. She's a lot more. You mean maybe she's a lot more? I don't know, relatable. <laughs> That's you, interesting. They, I think that Brie Larson's trying to turn this franchise around. Oh boy, let, let me okay, let me jump back in. Wearing, if, she's wearing booby shirts. <laughs> what they got to do that, that helps. Yeah. Uh, what they got, really got to do is they got to make that character relatable. Yeah. That character, yeah. they 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 overplayed her strong her power so much yeah. that she literally she had no weaknesses. The only lesson she learns in the fucking movie, which is Captain Marvel the original, is oh, I just need to be myself. Which is like the worst lesson you can ever yeah. teach anybody. It's like uh, we went from scowling face to like kind of more of a relaxed, uh, you know, boobies out type <laughs> of demeanor. Uh, suits a lot tighter in a lot of places after Tom Holland's ass got 
compared to hers. So we, you know, we, she's trying to do what she can. There's some course corrections, right? She's trying to course correct. Got to give her credit where credit is due. She saw that two other people were like stealing her thunder in her own movie, and she tried. So I don't know. I mean, this movie doesn't look terrible, but it doesn't no, look it doesn't great. Look I just don't know the angle. Like it's um. Like they're intertwined. Well, so that bad lady, the villain, clearly has a bangle bracelet like Kamala Khan yeah, does, yeah, the yeah. other one. I and that. she causes the powers to intertwine. Great. For what purpose? I, she does go, you took everything away from me or something from Carol's past, I guess. Well, the, the problem. Okay, one more time and then I'm done. <laughs> the problem with what they've done with Captain Marvel thus far, other than Brie Larson making her super unlikable, is she's so overpowered that you know, in Captain Marvel and then in, in Avengers Endgame, she's trucking like sh- gigantic ships. Oh, yeah. Like flying right through. You know, them. she's able to kill people yeah. in like killed hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of people in seconds. So like, who is she up against that she's going to need help front with? Yeah. And the only angle I can see thus far in the trailer, and obviously it's a trailer. I th- the maybe what they're trying to do is well she's powerful but because she's using her powers it's actually putting these two people in danger. Oh, so she has to be careful when. But but I just hope mm. I point. have nothing against strong characters yeah. but there has to be some sort of weakness. Well, it's there's and she has none. Like if you took if you take Superman for example or the Sentry or any like really super powerful character there's always like S- Superman's a Boy Scout. Right. And so he doesn't use his all, all of his power. He's got a whole He bag. just doesn't. He's yeah. scared to. Yeah. He right. he's always struggling with his own the weight of his own power. Um right. I don't think that uh, Captain Marvel has that built in. So well, what what is her we don't know anything about no, her. We as, really, as, we really as Carol don't. We just know that she's the best at everything, and she right. hates. Yeah. She was and always the best. Yes, yeah. she was. <laughs> she, she didn't know it. She was always. The I best. really don't know she, anything about this character. Yeah, what still. what what do you fall back on with that character? That, I mean, they just they did a they did an extreme disservice to that character in the name of. I'm going to say it like our boy Adam. Strong female leads. <laughs> <laughs> I am yeah I it's we I'm mildly oh. interested but the movie looks all right yeah for I'm mildly right. interested even though it's got Kamala Khan it's great let's to put see it her. in perspective all right it just looks okay we're in a post Thor Love and Thunder world post Ant Man world right so like literally anything is better than what we've already gotten <laughs> so well, like we can't yeah. like I mean that's true like. Do you think that the Marvels is going to be worse than Thor: Love and Thunder? I don't know what what I'm, what I'm piggy, is, piggybacking on. If it is, mm. then we got an embarrassment from yeah. Marvel. No, well, what I think it, the problem is is you we're coming in a world where you can't just make a mediocre Marvel movie anymore either. Though you have to make you have to make something that's fucking different. Yeah. Well, yeah, everyone's got the knives out after the, right. these past few movies because they've so, been so, so even if this movie even if movie is oak, let's say this movie is. Mediocre at best. The, let's say it's Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange, or it's Spider Man Homecoming. Okay, hey, better That's than not going to be enough. Yeah, I mean, people aren't going to like that. And uh, already you can see like the kind of the the look and the tone and the CGI. Like some of the shots of Carol flying when I mean, she comes up close, it doesn't look the greatest. Like I was like, oh, look at some of the CGI, not looking too good, and it looks like everything else already, like the right. past few movies. Right. So that is a problem. This one coming out November 10th, and I'm surprised they have not delayed this. They're go- So far, like Warner Brothers hasn't changed any dates. 
Marvel has you know why they anything. haven't delayed it? Yeah, because they just want to get it out and get it over. No, 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 no. Warner Brothers, first off, or it's Marvel. No, I'm saying I'm surprised Marvel is still uh, the putting this out because they well, won't be able to. They'd promote rather this. not have Brie Larson do oh, press because it's worse. Oh, oh shit! Brilliant, <laughs> fucking brilliant. She can't say shit. That's gonna get her in trouble. She can't say anything. Yeah, she's gonna. She's so not gonna, like, can we move she's not gonna argue with her castmates live <laughs> on like, uh, can we Entertainment this, Tonight? Can we release this tomorrow? Thinking that it's like witty banter, but makes just makes her look bad. <laughs> oh, Anthony, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> Right, they're like, oh, this is a weird. I'm, I'm sure they'll probably, if it comes to it, they might, they might delay it just because you. This isn't an Ezra Miller situation. Right, you, right. you, you still no. want to have the cast out. And there are people who love uh, Brie Larson and her going Ooh, I don't out. Know about that. She got fans. I think she got fans. I think oh. her going out, but where is she going to promote it? There's no talk shows. She could still. I don't know. So well, they um, need they re- they need both back. They need the writers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. More importantly, the actors. If the actors aren't back, they're going to delay it. All right. We'll see if that comes out November 10th. Another thing coming out November 3rd is Invincible Season 2. Oh, my God. Yes. They put out a teaser trailer. Um, And not only that, there is a uh, one-off, one-shot special episode up on Amazon Prime right now called Adam Eve. It is that character Adam Eve's origin story it's like 56 minutes i've watched it it's very good uh it's good backstory it's in yeah it's her origin and it's fucking dark uh but this trailer looks fun uh can anybody remind me where did the fucking season end spoilers for the end of invincible i remember his dad beat the fuck out his of him. dad was a damn near about to kill him beating the shit out of him on the side and of a he mountain had a change of heart and then he didn't do it yeah right. then he just let him go and then what happened to omni-man he just flew off or something he just I, think, I think he flew off. I'd have to watch that episode. He beat the fuck out of him, had second thoughts, flew off, and then they're trying to rehabilitate uh, Invincible because in case Omni-Man comes back. Uh, dude, I love this show. I can't wait for it to come back. And Great show. The best part in this trailer is that towards the end when they go, and J.K. Simmons, and they show Omni-Man, and he just goes, you should have died at birth. And it cuts away, which is exactly what Peacemaker's father, I think, also said to him in The Peacemaker. It's fantastic. Uh, but amazing voice cast and the additions of voice cast. A lot of daddy issues. Yes. Yes. Mark Grayson is going to uh, do something. But yeah. So any other things about this trailer you guys like? I didn't watch it, but I'm fully excited about the season of Invincible. I, I watched it. I mean, it's a nothing special trailer, yeah. but Invincible season one, as Rug said, and you said amazing and I saw some good names on there that they've added, and uh, it it opens up a whole. I just didn't even realize Invincible had all this lore. When are we hitting? Yeah. When is it? When's this hitting again? November third. Yeah. First, so they're gonna put out. Man, that's a while off, but yeah. Oh, so they're gonna put out the first four episodes of the eight episode season on November third, and the second half they're gonna put out in early next year. Oh, they're changing their release schedule. Interesting. I think it was came out weekly. Rich milk it now. Because yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. Now they're like, we got to put this out and we're going to wait. Yeah. Interesting strategy. Okay. Let's move on to this next trailer, which is like a live action version of Invincible and also an amazing violent superhero show, uh, The Boys spinoff, Gen V. 
uh, put out a red band trailer. This is, of course, about. I did not watch that. I got. I forgot. Uh, this is about the university run by <laughs> Vought where they raise the supers. Anthony, did you watch this? I did watch it. Rugs, you got to watch this because there's a scene where a girl goes, I exploded his dick. It's a line. Oh, yeah, it's very good. Okay. Uh, Anthony, what about <laughs> this one? This one was super gory and bloody and violent. Almost looked like a horror show. Yeah, it, it, it. I think the vibe I got was that the lead, I think the lead is probably like the villain. Like oh. they're doing like a carry type thing. Oh, no way. Well, yeah, you notice she can control her blood and blood, make it yeah. a weapon. I thought that's a crazy power. Yeah, and then you had the dick jokes and yeah. it looks like Invincible just with teenagers. So she kills people with her period? Or the boy, uh, essentially something like that. I wonder if they're oh. going to go there. Yeah, they might. Weird blood powers. No, you said it looks like uh, the boys with teenagers is what you meant, right? Yeah. The boys meets Carrie with yeah. teenagers. I didn't yeah. think it'd be like such a horror tinged thing. Yeah, there's even like a prom shot where she's at the prom just like Carrie. It's weird. The the only thing I have to say um, on this is I'm sure it'll be fine. Anytime you do a spinoff, that's when uh, unless you're Marvel in the first 10 years. Yeah. That's when things start to jump the shark a little bit. That's when quality control yeah. starts to go a little sideways. I mean, remember Walking Dead and mm-hmm. doing spinoffs? Oh, they're still doing spinoffs, baby. They're, uh, they're doing spinoffs there. on spinoffs. Yeah, they got uh, four shows out there. Green Arrow or the Arrow. You yeah. know, when when the spinoffs come, that's when the execs are like, oh, there's money to be made here. And then I don't know if there's exact, uh, yeah. as much creative. Yeah, uh, you're right about that 100%. Stuff. This is a hundred percent true. Quality goes down. Things happen. We'll see if this was organic and yeah. the creators were going. Well, we want to do a Gen V, and we've earned it. Then yeah. But if it was a, Ooh, I'll be honest. Studio, though, then no. I was I wasn't even tuned in on to this Gen. Yeah, v a lot shit, of people. So. I don't think a lot of people knew that this no. is part of the boys and this is coming out. You know, uh, the, boys. the boys gave us what th- was it? Three seasons? Two, se- three seasons? Two, three, Just three, right? Three seasons, right? And then they we go seen three. Fuck, they go spin off. Last season was. Has with, it been three? Oh yeah, no, it's been three. It's yeah, been three. Right. Last season was with uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier that was Boy. great. Hero Gasm. Hero Gasm was fantastic. Dick exploding, all that fun stuff. Anyways, that's coming out September twenty third on the Amazon. Okay, let's move on to a trailer. Rugs has watched, and Anthony hasn't. I have not watched this trailer. I'm just going to be like Rugs and start off. I have not watched. <laughs> I'm drunk. I didn't watch this. I don't watch it. Uh, I'm talking about a trailer for Ahsoka. Yeah, Super Ahsoka. Super yeah. Ahsoka rugs. We see blue people. We see Thrawn. We see I fucking see people. lightsabers. Ray Stevenson looking badass with a red lightsaber. Uh, yeah, we see like people from Rebels. We yeah. see Sub- Sabine. I mean, I think they've said this is essentially Rebels season five. This is what they're going to do. We Live see action. Hera from Rebels. We see yeah. Ball. And... Uh, I have to say, I'm excited a Geek little boner, bit. Bobby Jack, Geek boner, Bobby Jack. Geek boner. I got, I got like a little bit of a like a like a semi. Like I got a semi like erect. Yeah, yeah. Geek boner. It might be the last Star Wars thing we get for a while, as you know. Iger has said we're gonna slow down on all this shit. Yeah, I just I think that um, Rosario Dawson should show some more skin because Ahsoka was always like. Even in like, I mean, this is inappropriate, but when she was like a Padawan, she was like barely wearing anything and oh, now really? she's yeah she's completely like like look like a monk and so and like you know you got rosario dawson one of the very 
beautiful people. You're not going to use that at all? Like, nothing? Yeah, but you need nothing. some protection from things, you know. You, you not if be, you're a Jedi. Not if you're a Jedi. What do you got? We got robes on. You're not wearing uh, armor or anything. She's got so. two lightsabers. She should be able to handle. I love how you see a picture of Ezra, like a drawing on the wall, and it kind of looks like the show. So, uh, no, no, like I really actually like wh- however it is. Yeah, I'm actually all for it. I'm, I'm into it. This is Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it? it's going to be at least if it's even like on the same levels as, as Rebels, which is just a cartoon. I'll be happy because it just continues the story of Ahsoka going after Ezra Miller or whatever his name is. Yeah, so if they can Bridger, Ezra Bridger, Ezra, Ezra Bridger, Ezra, not Ezra Miller. Oh, she's going after Ezra, <laughs> Ezra Miller would be even better. Ezra Miller. That's the show I, you, I want. Yeah. Both were saying Ezra Miller. I, think, I was going, what I are you talking we about? I think secretly, well, you know, I want to see a show about a Jedi. Well, what if what if it's as Ezra good Miller. as Mandalorian season three? That wasn't bad. Will you still like horrible? it? it? Wasn't great. <laughs> well, what if it's Boba Fett? Because this is the same. Or is this the same crew? Uh, yeah, it's all the same crew. Like, like Filoni and everybody. Filoni like, and Favreau. I don't know. I just feel good about it. I feel like okay. it, hopefully it's good. Because it has a strong female lead. I like a good strong female lead. <laughs> Dude, I she's really badass. Do. She's badass with the fucking I just don't like system. shitty strong female leads. I just don't right. like female leads that have absolutely no story behind them that they're that just strong to... because they're strong because yeah that's what like i mean like look strong i like it is a paradox because i do like male characters like that sometimes but not all the time either i always think that this oh. is just bad right. but if it's frank grillo okay you can assume that he's great at everything okay <laughs> but <laughs> or like stallone or arnold like they bring that to the role right right you don't have to just it's arnold like fucking shit's gonna well, get a, fucked up. There's a certain. I mean, there, there's. It's unless it's just the biggest female level or ever. I mean, yeah, I'm just, just gonna say it. They just bring a certain physical charisma. Yeah, that like John Claude Van Damme's ass cheeks and hair alone. Right. Will fucking do all the storytelling you need to set the character up. So right. if you have a female character who has ass cheeks like John Claude Van Damme and and beautiful glistening hair. Like he does in Hard Target, mm-hmm. then you don't have to write a story. <laughs> story writes it itself. writes itself. Um, Ahsoka two episode premiere August twenty third on the Disney Plus. We'll probably watch it, uh, listener. Let us know what you think about all these trailers. Join the Facebook group. You can join this conversation. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. There is Jock and Nerd. Jock and Nerd. There's a link in the episode description. It is a closed, exclusive group with spoiler threads and fun geeking out in there. Okay, that's it for the news. Let's hit the one, the first main chunk of Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer has happened. We are post-Barbenheimer yes. weekend, and somehow, Anthony, we have succumbed to it. How did this happen? Because originally, the plan was we were going to Which review Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Well, listen, this is exactly what it is. Anthony, why did you, why did you do Barbenheimer? Yeah, great. Great question. Um I think the first time it dawned on me was I went to my theater and I, I mentioned this in the Patreon review. By the way, check out the Patreon review. Also, Imran, I hope you corrected the Patreon review. I did review correct the title. Very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, I realized, oh, wait a minute. This is a thing. When I went to the theater Thursday night and I went to a nine ten showing of Oppenheimer and I walked into that theater and as I was going up the escalator to the lobby, there was a buzz in the theater of people in the lobby and when I pulled up to the lobby, 
there were all these people in pink. Yeah. And Crazy. I was telling Amron before the show, I haven't seen a theater buzzing like that since Spider-Man No Way Home yeah. came out. Yeah. And I went, oh, fuck. I initially went, oh, fuck, we're reviewing the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, we- but then I went to Oppenheimer and my theater was completely sold out. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. What I thought was going to be these two movies aping each other is actually just made this into like a, a pop culture event. Amazing. And I was like, and then once Rugs, you said to over the weekend on Saturday that you had seen both. On the I same went, day he saw both. Yeah. What the fuck? And, and, yeah, and, I did the and double feature. there were 20,000 people that did that. I yes. did the I think, double feature. Okay. Yeah, there were, I, there were, I mean, it might have even been more. But I yes. think there was like 20 to two, maybe it was 200,000 people that did the double feature. Yeah. But anyways, once, once I realized Oppenheimer and then the buzz from Barbie being such a big thing and that Ruggs had seen it because candidly Ruggs was like Ruggs would be the hardest one to convince if he hadn't seen it just because he's got you know felty shit to do in his life so once I saw that I went well we could review Barbie next week but then we're not doing the Barbenheimer thing I'm going to see it, and I know once I said I'm going to see it, I, I felt like Imran is going to be a pushover and see it too. So, And I did right. kind of, I really wanted to see it, but Rugs, I need to know the order, the time, how much space between, because these two movies back-to-back, that is a mind fuck. Well, okay, to be honest with you, I was going to only see Barbie. Okay, interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had no idea that we had to review Oppenheimer <laughs> for the show. So I Man. squeezed in Oppenheimer when I could. Yeah. Oh, I went to see Barbie out of pure curiosity. Oh, and then you were like, fuck, I got to watch this, too. And then just went to that. No, but what happened was, OK, look, so this is how the chain of events was like, I got to see Barbie because I know I'm going to hate this movie and I just want to be able to talk about it on the show. And so I was going to see it regardless if we were had to see it or not. Yeah. Then. I contacted everyone and they said, oh, we're going to see Oppenheimer this week. That's the movie we're watching. I'm like, oh, shit. So then I scheduled Oppenheimer right before Barbie. I bought tickets for the Oppenheimer show right before I was going to see Barbie. So I saw them both back to back. But you saw Oppenheimer first. Yes. And then Barbie. So amongst the net, speaking of the, this became such a thing that Barbenheimer is now a Wikipedia page. That's amazing. Uh, Memes But amongst the net, the consensus is... Oppenheimer first, then Barbie. Because you, you want to end feature. on the happy, fun note. Makes sense. It's just a much lighter. But that's five hours of fucking movie. Yeah, but you the, 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 if you went Oppenheimer second, yeah. the back half yeah. is going to be well, a very intense back yeah. half. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the lighter, smaller, shorter movie is better to see at the end. Dude, anyways, yeah. like, again, I'll get into all. Here we are. Here, Barbenheimer we've, we've weekend, baby. What a crazy, like, you could, like, we'll get into why this happened, but, like, this is marketing you couldn't pay for. Viral, organic memes started happening. Both movies. The posters were amazing. The posters are great. Both movies helping each other. This is just a meme. This is the power of the internet. This it has nothing to do with the movies. Right. Having, yep. like, okay, let's. Let's break down the movie thing. All right. Like, yes, this thing was a meme, but you have I feel like Oppenheimer got the most glow up from this because ah, it rubbed off. I do because Barbie is a, is like a staple toy. It's like if Transformers came out. Sure, sure. It's like a staple toy right, for name. girls. Yeah. It's like their biggest toy, like the biggest brand that there ever was for girls toys. So to think that that doesn't have a built-in audience, yeah. that's just stupidity. Like, like if you opened the G.I. Joe movie, you'd have built-in audience, right? So 
already Barbie was having the had the the shine on it. Now the fact that it was up against Oppenheimer, yes, which was ridiculous, completely opposite. To have two movie. of these two movies yeah. go up against each other, and then everyone's like, "Let's just see them both," because Christopher Nolan's like the the last good director of recent times, yeah. you know. So it, ju- I feel like that Oppenheimer got a bigger opening than it ever would have gotten. Barbie, both, both. I expected to get a big opening because it's it is a staple of, it's a giant franchise that's been around for centuries you know so we're not centuries decades but like you know yeah well well, both actually both movies into the going in the box office beat industry experts yeah all uh, the tracking predictions yeah was was they so both both had the rub i I would agree though i think oppenheimer got a rub that wasn't really intended by warner brothers i think they wanted to crush oppenheimer yeah and then actually ended up making this a whole thing where you got Nolan and this serious movie with Cillian Murphy, and then you got Barbie with directed by Greta Gerwig, who's an up and coming director with Margot Robbie, and it's just it, amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, inter- the internet fucking made this the, such a phenomenon. Yeah, this is the power of Twitter. This is the power of X, Instagram. And TikTok. Anyways, look, let's get into Barbenheimer. We are going to review Oppenheimer first, and then we will get to Barbie. Here are your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Oppenheimer is Christopher Nolan's 12th movie. And kind of the reason this happened, this is his first movie with Universal. If you did not know, Nolan was with Warner Brothers for many years until the fateful year 2021 when Warner Brothers decided to release all their movies day and date in the theater on streaming. He did not like that. I think that's when Tenet was coming out. We, we made people go see that fucking movie in the theater. So he leaves Warner Brothers, lands at Universal. They put the movie at this date, and then Warner Brothers is like, what? Oh, fuck you. We're putting Barbie on the same date. This is how. Try and fuck Nolan. Yes. Well, Nolan usually does a July release. Oh, yeah. He has owned this late July date right. for every movie. Yes. So he this was normal for him. And in the meantime, Warner Brothers is like, oh, yeah, but luckily it helped both of them. Uh, anyways, the movie is based on the 2005 biography called American Prometheus, written by Kai Berg and Martin J. Sherwin. On well, one thing, yeah, Aaron, yeah, real quick yeah. before you, I, it has to be said too. Not only did the like the this thing got so crazy with the internet yeah. that the actors from each of their movies and the directors from each of their respective movies started promoting each, each other's, other's movies, movies. Yes, and showing themselves getting ticket. There, Tom Cruise has he did it. Yes. Tweets or photos of him buying tickets to see both of these. Yeah, movies. he's the one who got ass raped the most. Yeah. Oh, he. So yeah. uh, literally, the entire industry started promoting each other. It was crazy. It helped every like it, everybody won. Like what? A Nolan huge fucking said, weekend. "Go see Barbie." Yeah. <laughs> and Greta Gerwig's like, Nolan. "Go see Oppenheimer." <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise is like, "Go see both and see my go movie." Go see both, even yeah. though yeah, no one sees Mission Impossible. That movie dropped about sixty-four <laughs> percent in its second. I week. I feel so bad that's for him because got, he, yeah, I want to see it. It's I haven't so seen great. it yet. And it lost a lot of screens, right? Because Barbie is on like every fucking screen. Uh, on the Rotten Sorry, Tomatoes, yes. Oppenheimer currently sitting at a 94% tomato meter, 8.7 out of 10. Also, 94% audience rating. This R-rated movie was made for just $100 million, which is a lot of money, but it's not mm. a lot of money. Good. 
Right? It's very uh, modest. You don't need there. a lot of money to make no. a good movie. And Nolan apparently claims that there was no CGI used in the movie. That's correct. No, That's great. Which is why he can keep the cost he even down. even created too. his own explosions. Yes, he did, which is fantastic. So what did the Barbenheimer effect do to this R-rated three-hour movie about a man? Who, a biopic. A biopic with an explosion a in it. A talking biopic. $82 million opening weekend. That's not too bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. What was well, the listen, estimate? you're forgetting about one of the most important things about this movie. It's got boobs in it. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> Hold your horses. Worldwide right now, it's sitting at about $180 million. What was the prediction for this uh, weekend? $50 million. Yeah, okay. I And I have updated numbers for both these movies. They were a little bit higher today than they were yesterday because they had the final oh. counts. So, and, you know, Nolan's movies are rated three hours. They, they have legs. They never start, like, huge, but... 82 million is not bad for this fucking 82 million again it has to be worth saying for a three hour yes. biopic people talking where yeah it's just it's 98% talking for R rated too that is a huge opening for an R rated movie even if it wasn't three it hours it was a boring ass movie and it made all this money <laughs> Uh, there are reports. Here's, <laughs> and we got rugs as wait, wait to get there. I also read there. I heard there are reports of people who went to see Barbie and it was sold out and they just went to see Oppenheim. So That's he crazy. got the that was the, the effect. He got the runoff. Uh, uh, this, of course, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Music by Ludwig Gorenson, which I love his scores, uh, starring Cillian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer. Amazing cast. You got Emily Blunt. It's Kitty Oppenheimer. Robert Downey Jr. is in this. Alden Ehrenrich. Uh, Jason Clark. Uh, Remy Malik. Uh, Rami Malik. Kenneth Branagh is in this. Branagh. James Darcy. Uh, crazy, crazy cast. A lot of great, great talent. Did Flor- you say Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Florence Pugh. All I mean, everywhere you look, there was another person. You're like, oh, this fucking person this guy's is in, in this it. movie. This guy's in it. Wait, this person in this movie. And apparently he shot this on uh, 65 millimeter IMAX cameras and it was enlarged to 70 millimeter print. So like you, if you want to really see this, you got to find a theater, play 70 millimeter. But that print apparently weighs 600 pounds and the film is 11 miles long, a film for this three hour movie. Just a giant platter. Uh, Anthony, what happens yes. in Oppenheimer? It's pretty straightforward. And then I want. A little bit of theater. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's, as as I said a couple times, it's a biopic about J J. Is it J Robert Oppenheimer? J Robert, Robert Oppenheimer, yeah. and uh, a biopic told in mixed timeline, so that it's not a chronological movie about his youth and getting into quantum physics, and then getting uh, hired by the the U.S. military to create a bomb faster than the Germans, and then them creating the bomb, and then the after effect of how he felt about the bomb and his disgrace and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. Uh, any uh, theater no spoilers there. If you looked at history at all, <laughs> you can't really spoil either you, of these movies, yeah. really. Maybe Barbie a little bit. This well, one, no, Barbie is definitely more of a this one. Not so takes much. a little bit more of a turn. Not yes. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Bomb goes. But blue. I mean, not a lot of, not a lot of people. Probably, I don't I didn't know that Oppenheimer was. I didn't like, know this. Yeah, and all I didn't stuff. know the story either. I found it very interesting. Uh, anything interesting in your theater experience aside from it was packed? There's people wearing pink. No, no people no. wearing pink. Um, There's a lot of old just, people. <laughs> for, so I had the opposite for my I was there on a Thursday night at nine ten. Yeah. 
and I was it, the pe- all the people next to me had to have been maybe at most twenty four years old. Wow, and no one was you know goofing off during the t- everyone was dead silent throughout the entire movie. People were laughing before, and I was going, "Oh, this is going to be a shitty movie yeah, to watch." Yeah. But throughout the entire movie, even during the the nudie scenes, which were freaking like not that sex like kind of awkward to watch yeah yeah um says you <laughs> well rugs um no you know no no joking around so everyone was into the movie my theater was also full here's the only thing that happened to me the dude sitting next to me at one point and i'll tell you what point it was was got really emotional he was hyperventilating at one point he was like there's something wrong with crying him. like this movie got to him and i was like this is a good movie but i don't know about this reaction so, like, there was a point where it's when, when, when is he crying? It was the scene where right after the explosion, when he goes, it's the best part of the movie, when he goes to talk to that crowd of people in that rally and the sound cuts out and he sees their faces start to uh, burn away and it gets bright and it's really quiet and the, the screams of joy kind of turned into screams of terror and it gets totally silent and this dude next to me is fucking hyperventilating. I was like, whoa, bro, this thing got you. But I feel like that's one of the most powerful scenes of the movies. Anyways, let's get to what did everybody think? Rugs, did you have any theater experience stories? I went in like the middle of the day, like uh, 12 o'clock, something like that. Was it packed? It was packed with bitches, yes. It was like (laughs) a lot of people there. They couldn't get into Barbie. Yeah. No, no. There was like old people and like young people, like really yeah, young yeah, people. Like yeah. I was like, oh, you're going to be bored, young fucks. Like the old people like I, I experienced this. I'm just reliving my past. Like I understand. And there was a sm- I sat next to a very smelly woman. <laughs> oh. This is the best. Yeah. Well, she was very smelly for some reason. Anthony, did Nolan deliver yeah. a one of a kind theater experience to you? I'll say it like this. This movie, first off, it's better than Tenet. It's much more coherent oh, than Tenet. Um, it's, it, in, in all aspects, if you're talking about pure filmmaking, acting, story, dialogue, sound, uh, things on screen, potential Academy Award. It's all there. Uh, either by movie, by best, you know, best actor, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, the sound design, you know. If you're talking about technical filmmaking, this is a, a great movie. Um, it just really depends on what is your aptitude for a three-hour biopic that's 99% talking. Yeah. With and told in non-linear story format with a lot of names and a lot of dialogue and with Nolan, again, sometimes overlaying the sound so loud that you can't hear the fucking dialogue. Yeah. I don't know why he keeps yeah, doing he's that. he's got sound issues. Yeah. I don't know why he keeps doing that, but... Um, if you're into that kind of shit, then this is a masterpiece. If you're like me that was coming into this seeing 39 action movies in a row, <laughs> maybe not the best primer for this kind of movie. Probably um, not. This is a, yeah. it, it's an interesting story. It's well made. It's a masterpiece. And it's it's boring at the same time. That That's my interesting rugs. But not exactly the most rewatchable movie. No. Well, opinion. I agree. Anthony being primed by all these action movies <laughs> probably didn't help. But like, no. I have the luxury of like uh, being able to like plan my reaction for the movie that I'm seeing. So like, I knew it was gonna be a boring fucking history lesson, blah blah blah. Yeah. So I was already, I was primed for that. I was ready to to learn, and that's where I, I become disappointed. Oh no! 
Oh, I feel like I didn't learn anything. I, I already knew all this shit oh, going see, in. You knew about Oppenheimer. I, I mean, I didn't know like every detail about him, but I didn't really like. I feel like um, somewhat like okay. I knew that there was a race to get the bomb. Yeah. Yep. And we that they had to use the bomb in order to kind of like shut everyone else up. Like be like they had to use it, even though they didn't need to use it. They had to use it. Did they need to they, use it twice? That's my question. No, they didn't need to use well, it twice. But I think that they well, needed to use it twice because they wanted to let everyone know that we had more than we one. We could do it again. Well, well, that that's part of it. But also, I mean, if you want to, I'm a huge World yeah, War II yeah. guy. Not to say I'm an expert, but. Um, they used it twice because Japan, Japan did not surrender after the first one. Man, give them a second, though. You just blew their shit up. I mean, <laughs> well, and, and Ruggs is right. When you when they dropped the second one, they wanted to show we had a, yeah. a, a, a unlimited stock. Yeah, right. Man. So but I knew all that going in. And um, so I didn't really learn anything great. I just it was a. I learned that Oppenheimer liked to fuck girls a lot, I guess. That's I guess. A womanizer. He's a womanizer. I did not know. Yeah. Did not know I, that point. You know, and I would have liked to have that a little bit more in the story then, because that's something I didn't know. Yeah. But, like, um, I think the most interesting thing about this movie is the rivalry that he has with Robert Downey with Jr.'s Strauss. character. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen until the very end. So, like. For a long time, you're like, okay, I'm like, I, I mean, not being a history expert, yeah. just being aware of World War II and what happened and Godzilla and all that other stuff. But it would be cool if Godzilla would have had a little. That should have been the post credit scene. Like, like Godzilla comes up after the bomb. Yeah. That would have been great. <laughs> this is the best prequel. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. This is a prequel so, to Godzilla. Um, yeah, like so, I would have liked to feel like I learned a lot more, but I feel like it kept you at arm's length a lot of the time. Now. Having that said, some of the performances were fucking electric. I loved a lot of the performances. Me too. Matt Damon was, was great. great. Mm-hmm. Fucking Cillian Murphy was great. He was uh, fucking amazing. Cillian his Murphy. wife was great. Yeah, Emily Blunt. Now, Emily Blunt. can I ask you a question about this? Like, Do you want to tell your, before I ask, start asking before questions? Before you ask, let me just put out there, I thought, look, this is a fucking, this movie is heavy. It is bleak. And it's long, and I don't think it needed to be three hours. I feel like they could have cut. Maybe there was parts where it was losing me, but th- it's weird how the explosion is kind of in the middle, and it's not even about the explosion. And I want to talk about what you guys thought about that. But from I just enjoyed, I really enjoyed learning about Oppenheimer. Did not know this story. The whole sequence of him building Los Alamos to the explosion to the end of the movie with the double hearings. I rather enjoyed that whole section. I thought, uh, but it just, I didn't expect, you know, he loves to play with time and he does it in every movie. So I guess yeah, I, but I don't think it, I don't really think it was, uh, as I think it was fine in this movie. I don't think it really helped. I don't think though. you need to tell this story non-linearly. Uh, you know, there's, yeah, there's true. Cause it does make it somewhat. What does it give you for being non-linear? He likes to make his viewers it get, work. Do, it doesn't watch really get you there faster. Yeah. Like usually when you do non-linear things, right? Either you're trying to create a juxtaposition that really helps to tell your story. Yeah. Or you're trying to get everyone there faster. So you're like cutting out time, jumping back, filling everybody in and going forward again. So in that respect, I don't think it does anything, either of those really that well. It does a little bit, but it's not enough to justify itself almost. So I feel like he was superfluously doing it. 
He, and that yeah. annoyed me. He just like that's what he likes to do, right? He's like, I'm not gonna tell this in order. I thought it was cool to see like Niels Bohr, Albert Einstein, these scientists, and he kind of makes intellectual discourse kind of exciting in his own way. Uh, but what did times. you learn about atomic energy that you didn't already know? I don't know. I you know you knew. It like was I mean, explode. you have this opportunity, right? You have like one of the foremost like minds yeah. on yeah. Uh, on this uh, on this kind of science and you're not like you're, you're not taking the opportunity to like break it down and give it to people like you're like hey this is a movie about like the power that that is in the atom like we fucking huge strides are made this is like fucking and i felt like even though they they did say that it i didn't feel it did you feel like the monumentalness of what they did it, you know, it, it was kind of like anticlimactic-ish because he doesn't show you Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Yeah, the, right. They, they, I think they purposely don't purpose. show you that. I don't think yeah. they need to. Yeah, I think that, that test bombing could have been better. But Cillian Murphy's face—I love the extreme close-ups. I saw it on IMAX. His face is huge, and like just you could read everything on his face was amazing. So that it's really—it's about. Oppenheimer, and it's about how Nolan wants to tell this story is what the movie's really about, kind of to me. Yeah, right. No, I I agree. I I think I I don't I don't completely agree with Rugs. I I I don't think the movie I don't I don't think the movie was there to teach me about quantum physics. I think the movie was more to lay the groundwork for the internal strife that he had, and then post that, him trying to um walk back some of those things and then being called a communist for it and being and then yeah, his there's, a lot, there's yeah. a lot more political intrigue about yeah. what does it mean to be Oppenheimer and have like yeah yeah he has these ideas about humanity and then he goes and creates this bomb that makes they're incongruent to one another yeah, and then, right? and, and, and I think the movie kind in I don't know how true it is it might be very true but it it displays Oppenheimer in a way where he's not really the guy. He never really was the guy that like created the bomb. He doesn't even really have the ideas. He's kind of just fostering the ideas from everyone else right. and then shepherding it into theory. He's the just spot, good at right. The yeah, he, he's the theory guy. He's and, not um, the mathematician. Right. He's not no, the he's, designer. He's not, he's not the smartest guy in the room at any point in the movie. But he kind of has he's to be the other like, people. no, I actually disagree with you on that. You think I so? Feel, I feel like he's like the Stephen Jobs of the atomic bomb, where you need somebody who has the vision and knows that it's possible, and will put the right people in the room to create that, and will get them to play well with each other in order to achieve that. That is goal. an interesting analogy because he's kind of a showman like Jobs. You have to be kind of a politician and a scientist and be able to, you know, please people. But in the meantime, he's cheating on his wife, and then they just destroy his reputation, and then they give him an now, award. It's I have a question story. about that. Yeah. I have a question about Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh's boobies. Yes. What's your question? Did he murder her? No, she killed herself. No. Okay. Here's the thing. If you, I did some research on this. They show us that she killed herself. She had some mental issues. Whatever. I saw some hands. Here is holding the, here, her down. Here's kind of the conspiracy theory: is that it's possible? Some people think that government had her killed because they didn't know if Oppenheimer had shared any secrets during his time at Los Alamos with her. 
And okay, because I saw like a pair of like hands in black. Did, I did see something like that too. Like I vaguely remember that. And I think Oppenheimer was also. It's only in one shot, very yeah, briefly. I think he questioned that it, if it was a suicide. So the conspiracy theory is the government took her out. So she went, they didn't know what she knew. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. So what, uh, I did not expect uh, Florence Pugh's boobies. What did we think about that? That was, that was crazy. No, sure. I was not expecting that. Unnes- I was not expecting that. Completely unnecessary. That's why I like it. <laughs> well, the, the scene where, she, where they have her banging him yeah. and he's in the being questioned. Yeah. It's supposed to make you feel kind of weird yeah. about it. I, um, yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything other than, whoa, that, I was just, whoa, I didn't expect I think to see that, that at all. Yeah, I think he was just trying to create a moment that you were going to remember uncomfortably, and uh, he did that. Here's a, he did it. Here's a funny story. No CGI in this movie, right? And I'm sure he's very proud of that, except in some countries in Asia and India, for example, they are editing the scenes with Florence Pugh and putting her in a black dress Meaning there is now CGI in the fucking movie. How mad do you think Christopher Nolan is that they're doing this? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> they, but they, they've ruined his perfect no CGI slate. Anyways, oh. what do you think of the explosion that sort of is the centerpiece of the thing done with actual live explosives? No well, CGI. We've, if you've seen any Godzilla movie, they've used that explosion in every single that's the, one. That's like the, the 1998 one, the, the 2014 one. Not only uh, that, I mean, if that. you've watched Everthrown YouTube on, you can you can YouTube the nuclear bomb explosion. Yeah, you can see what it yeah, looks like. Yeah, but like in 4K IMAX size. I don't know. I thought it, it was cool. Six, it was cool. I mean, it, it was it was fine. The the movie in some ways is building to this, but in really in a lot of ways isn't. Like it's not the crux of the movie at right. all. It's a big moment in the movie, but I I do think they could have really like made it more cinematic. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I, I thought I was just kind of whelmed by it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I, like put it this it way. Is. Like, okay, for example, like we there's actual footage of it, right? Yeah, and the whole we know what it test. looks like. Yeah, they have footage. Yeah, there's actual footage of it. So it's like we don't need to imagine what it is, but you can artistically like emphasize it. So like you can have the sound and the the idea of like what it feels like yeah. and all that stuff you can you know you could have taken some liberties with like you know you know like the mountain or whatever they were fucking setting this thing off like fucking shit flying through the air and, and, and you know like i don't know but you could do something to to really other than just a flash of light and someone smiling into a fucking lens i did enjoy the little parts where it kind of you know, it cuts and you see like the, the jittery lines or the particles and how they would fuck with the background when he was kind of losing it in public. Like the background. Well, that's the best scene. Was, it's like when he's yeah. talking to that. That is that crowd right? after he's done it. That's the best. That's the best part of the whole movie, because that's where like it all builds up to that. And that's not even well, the end. Then it keeps going for 45 minutes more. So, like, let's- I, I do want to add. Well, let me add real quick on that scene with the bomb exploding. I. I forgot that sound travels fast, right? slower than light. The shockwave so comes later. Where the yeah. shockwave happens. I'm like, oh, you know, the, the, there was good sound design there. Yeah. And then there was good sound design throughout the film where he'd be dreaming or something. Yeah. And then it, yeah. it'd jar you with some sound. I like that. I thought he really did a good job with that kind of stuff. I did like that. The, the editing, the sound editing. It really, it really shook me. Um, I love that bit where the guy's like, ah, let's not bomb Kyoto. I honeymoon there. It's lovely. <laughs> it's like, okay, holy shit. 
But that's actually true. Yes, yeah. that was true. Him accidentally poisoning or on purpose trying to poison his teacher. That was true. But it wasn't Niels Bohr that kind of changed that. Uh, the Albert Einstein conversation is great at the end, I guess. Uh, what else? I just want you to think about this. All right. So you're a guy. The government comes and taps you and says, listen, all these fucking other people are trying to create a nuclear bomb in that way, and you need to beat them because if you don't, we're fucked. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty heavy request. That's fucked like, up. Now, like, like, on one hand, you got to protect where you live and the people around you, but at the same time, you got to create something that can kill a lot of people. And I think that's interesting in and of itself. Like, morally... And I think they do get to that in this movie, but not as much as I would like. But I do think that it is, they do in that scene where he starts to imagine people are, people are like skins peeling off. Yeah. I think that, I don't think it was enough. I think it was, it was good that they did that and they did touch upon it, but I think it could have been, they could have, they could have done a little more. Drove about that it. home a little bit more, but instead, well, yeah. well, it's like the it's 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 a juxtaposition of you trying to protect your country and yourself and the future versus the price that you have to like now display this power and, and unfortunately kill like a bunch of people. And I mean, and, well, and, yeah. and the and the juxtaposition of he was never interested in it being used for this. Right, he right. was interested in quantum physics. Right, the new science. Yeah, he had all of these theories and the only way to actually like put them into reality is to actually go in and test the shit out. And mm-hmm. you can't do that without unleashing destructive power. So it's very, that's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. All right? A lot and, of this, and you feel uh, like this movie didn't touch upon that enough? No, I feel like it did. Because we're talking about it, right? right? Yeah, so it's true. In some way, it, it elicited those thoughts from me. But I really feel like maybe I'm more intelligent than the next person. And that's a shitty thing to say because I know I'm not. But like that, I'm already primed for that. You know, I'm primed to have that conversation. But maybe people that do see it um, won't, or maybe they will. Who knows? I mean, just the fact that there was a chance that it could ignite the atmosphere and they were like, fuck it, we're still going to do this. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that, there's a chance. There's a tiny it's, chance. Near, near zero, he said. Near zero. But I'll agree with you, Anthony. I don't think it's very rewatchable. Like, I watched no. it once and maybe 10 years from now I'll watch it again when I forget. It's, you it's never not have your, to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not your typical Nolan film. Nolan films are usually pretty heavy and long. But there are points of Nolan films that, unless you're a complete cinephile, yeah. then you'll probably watch this yeah. again or watch parts of it. But there's no, Nolan, some Nolan films have a good rewatchability factor. The, this one does not, in my opinion. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not bad. I mean, that doesn't mean it's bad. I, it's just, yeah. It's just, a, it's one of those movies that you, you watch it once. And unless you're just a nerd about movies and love technical filmmaking and want to watch that kind of stuff, once is enough. It is, I, but I still feel like it's an important movie, and it is. It what has do you think Nolan's message is? Well, uh, that's know, he the made thing. He doesn't. Movie. They don't. He doesn't really leave you with. You know, it, was it right or wrong? He leaves it up to you, kind of. 
to decide. And the fact that even Oppenheimer, once he's a scientist, once he makes the bomb, it's out of his hands whether to use it. But you could see the conflict. He goes to Truman. He tells him, I got blood on my hands. That scene was great. And Truman's like, get this crybaby. Don't let this crybaby in again. <laughs> Just did not give a fuck. Well, yeah, because he didn't want to have to deal with it. Like um, showing you a flawed individual that has given humanity the power to destroy itself. But why? Okay. There's no need to include any of the Robert Downey Jr. stuff if you're telling a story about Oppenheimer making the bomb. That's you like don't. the bad guy, though. It's kind of like his arch nemesis. So the fact that Nolan created this trial yeah. was, in a way, wait, that's not real. That's I think that's no, real. that is real. It ha- I, that's no, no, real. I, I didn't. I'm not saying that it's not real. It's why included? It, it, it's not germane to telling the story of Oppenheimer. But like, well, it, does it, it is though. I mean, he's telling the story of Oppen. I don't think. I think he is. I think it is. If you're telling the story of this man's rise and fall from grace. Okay, wait. Let me let me backtrack that. Like you're telling the story of the nuclear bomb. Oppenheimer is, is more than the nuclear bomb, so you're right about that. Right. So, yeah, this so this is actually uh, Nolan's way of like redeeming to a degree Oppenheimer's like credibility. Yeah, his reputation. Yeah, in a way. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I, I would also say that I think I don't know if Nolan probably has a message, but I think Nolan's also just, in my opinion, found this to be an interesting story about a man that is that's not a black and white situation and had this thing that he created. And I think he put it on screen and he leaves it, you know, Nolan treats his audience. Don't, Nolan doesn't spoot and feed anything to his audience. Right. In fact, Nolan makes it pretty hard to listen. It makes to some you, of he makes you work to watch the fucking movie. Yeah, so, so I think he's just taking this and going, I, I will let the audience do what they want with it. Yeah. Yeah. He's just presenting it. Yeah, I think it was interesting. I think, I I don't know if it's the movie watching experience of my lifetime, but I definitely thought it was interesting. <laughs> well, let's rate and rank the movie, fellas. Uh, you may or may not have seen all of these movies. Here are the twelve movies Christopher Nolan has made, just for consideration in chronological order. Following Memento, Insomnia, Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk. Tenet, and now Oppenheimer. Anthony, uh, give it a number and uh, where you think it is out of these. Well, I haven't seen all the Nolan sure. films, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give do me your that. favorite. Your favorite Nolans that you've seen. My favorite Nolans. I mean, The Dark Knight, yeah. Memento, Inception. Yeah. You know, those those are the ones that come to mind right away. It's not that level, but it's not trying. Again, it's it's such a different movie than those. Yeah. Those all have a a forward driving thing that is exciting and, and has conflict and has action. And this movie has action, but it's verbal act, right? You know, yeah. so it's just a completely different thing. He doesn't make, doesn't very often make movies like this. If it's ever, true. I don't think it's the first time. Yeah. So it's hard to compare to those movies. Um, as far as my rating, if you're talking about a technical movie, I will say that it was a little hard to follow at times and the dialogue comes fast and the names come fast. And I was jealous of one of my friends. I got to see the movie with subtitles oh. because that would have really helped because yeah. I was fucking losing track of whose name was what. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, once I caught on to what was going on and what the chronology was, I kind of got in a groove with it. Um, technically, it's I mean, it's you know, it's a masterpiece. It's probably going to get nominated for Best Picture. Absolutely. Probably going to get 
Robert Downey Jr. right now probably is the lead for best supporting actor. Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy get. And by, probably get you know best director. Probably be nominated best actor. Emily Blunt might get best supporting actress, and then there's going to get a ton of technical categories that's going to be probably nominated for. I think he gets best director nomination. Maybe I mean you know any, I think all it's all on the table right now. But um, so if you're rating it like that, I mean you know it's a nine and a half, ten out of ten yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, but as far I'm in, I'm incorporating my entertainment level. My entertainment level was probably, I don't know, a six. I was looking at my phone throughout the movie, trying to see how much time was left. Um, <laughs> so when you kind of combine those scores, I would say factoring in entertainment, you know, seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but yeah. I, you, I could, if you told me it was, a, if you told me it was, you rated it a 10, I wouldn't be right. I wouldn't disagree with you. Right. I'd say, yeah, yeah, it's probably a 10. Sure. Is it? It's, do you think it's uh, his up with his best movies or just a uh, mid tier? Maybe. Oh, I guess he hasn't watched them all. But uh, I mean, again, I haven't seen all his movies. I think if you are, you know, hoity-toity Oscar voter, this is probably you might think this is his best movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see right? That. They love they love biopics yeah. about war with okay. amazing casts yeah. that interrogate each other and have snappy dialogue. It's Oscar bait, man. Yeah, it's it's a complete Oscar Bay movie and it's it's well done. So right. yeah, that's my thought. Rugs, what do you give it? What do you rank it? Um I'm gonna use Gary Oldman okay. as my barometer. He's, he's, he's in the oh, fucking I movie. Forgot. Too. Yeah, he's yes. uh, plays Truman, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that Gary Oldman? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this is not even Gary Oldman's best movie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um he was wasn't he like uh fucking the British dude? In the uh, uh, the the was he Winston Churchill? He was, yeah, Churchill? He was Winston Churchill in a movie. Dude, Drexel from True Romance. That's his best. Friend. Yeah, Come on. and you know, was it the Darkest Hour? Yes, was it yes. in that movie? Yeah. So uh, I feel like they're not they're not that far apart in in terms of movies. Like they're both the kind of like historical pieces where you have to like it, it's a observation of a character in history. And they're both like interchangeable to me, like as far as like uh, the darkest hour. Is, uh, that's why I brought it up because it's like the only movie I can think of that's like this. It's about like a person in a situation. It's a biopic of a person in a certain part of time that has to do something, mag- you know, crazy to like uh, end this war. So I think they're comparable, and I feel like they're like just as good as each other. So it doesn't, I don't really feel like it rises above um, movies about the wars that, you know, I've, you know, we watched other movies like 1917, well, and he, World War I, that was like visceral yeah. and everything like that. What every about single way. Dunkirk? I rewatched Dunkirk, which is kind of a nice compliment to this movie. It's half the length and all the action. That movie is tense as fuck the whole time. Yeah, th- these movies, are, this movie, I, I think. I think the Darkest Hour is a more fair comparison. That's true. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's more of an action film. Yeah, but like, is action. So we've seen it like done in like a lot of different ways. So in if you're going to measure it a bunch uh, uh, against those types of movies, yeah. it's just it meets par. Like Gary Oldman is not someone you want to fuck with, right? Yeah. Like he's like a fucking great actor in it. And so he's risen to that, like Nolan's risen to that that level where you can like be at the same level as a Gary Oldman Oscar winning Oscar nominated film. Sure. So that you have to say. Yeah. Entertainment wise, I'm going to say I'm at a seven. All right. It's just yeah. a little bit above average for me. 
uh, entertainment-wise. Uh, the acting is great. But, like, as I said, I've seen a lot of these films. So it's like I expect, you know, I expect a little more. Um, but I, I think it was brilliant in a lot of ways, too. So it's like, yeah, I would say a seven is a fair score. Okay. And not his best. Yeah, like the Prestige and the Dark Knight are my favorite Nolan films. Okay, yeah, and then Batman Begins is the third runner up there. Absolutely, but like, um, yeah, he's got so many better films than this. I mean, it's Re- rewatchable anyway. Right, more better movies that are rewatchable than this one for sure. I'm with you, Anthony. Like, technically, this is a fucking master. It's easily nine, nine and a half. You gotta go for what he did. Those shots, the acting, the editing, the writing impressive oscar worthy my entertainment score it's it's probably an eight i enjoyed like the middle to the end a lot um and i did enjoy learning about oppenheimer uh but i think my favorite nolan movie is just like you got dark knight's got to be his best fucking movie uh and i love inception and memento is fantastic uh so i would put it after those movies and maybe even like dunkirk is a better movie just because there's more action i don't know let me let me say this real quick before we wrap up on Oppenheimer. It's nice to see whether you like this movie or not. It's nice to see Nolan, a director led movie, getting a hundred million dollars yeah. in the middle of the summer, being released, and it being a biop. This fucking thing, yeah. right? And it makes money, yeah. Right. Yeah. So what what that shows you, and it, it could be because of Barbie, but it could be you know whatever. It, it doesn't matter, right? It, what what that's showing you is. The general viewing audience is d- down to see some different shit. They are getting tired of fucking superhero movies. And, and, it, and it's good that a movie that isn't a function, fucking action movie, yeah. a superhero action yeah. movie, yeah. or based on some sort of IP, yeah. can, can like, it's this movie. Yeah. And this movie makes a lot of money. Yeah. Like, th- that's a but good the, thing yeah. for all movies. Yeah. I, but I, and I agree with you. I just re- really wish that the movie, this, why is this the movie that everyone went out for? I mean, it's a good movie, though. That's the thing. Like, it's a good movie. And after Tenant, he this is a, he needed this hit. This is a win for him. Uh, yeah. To, to to you know to kind of course correct after Tenant. So, all in all, yeah. Like like you said, people. The fact that eighty million it made eighty million is crazy. And it, and, and I'm going to have similar thoughts on Barbie, Barbie in terms of impact on the industry. But yes, yeah, all right, Will Harris. This is good. This is good. We will take a quick break here, listener. Play some promos. We are done with the first half of Barbenheimer. We're going to come back and talk about the fun half of Barbenheimer right <laughs> after this. The pink half. The pink half. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Matt. And Jesse. We host American Slacker Podcast, your weekly rundown for weird news, entertainment suggestions, and unique games. Every other week, we bring on guests from all walks of life, like comedian Mark Forward of Letterkenny. Yeah, we just call it tuna up here. We, we, we're pretty clear that it's a fish. And NYC stand-up powerhouse Ian Fidance. I want to fucking punch you in the fucking face with positivity <laughs> and fun, motherfucker. Actor Brandon Crane of Stephen King's It. There's a lot of the work that I did, like Wonder Years to It, they were all 
very, you know, period, 50s, 60s, and, you know, chunks were all the rage. And Art the Clown from Terrifier, David Howard Thornton. They also had to make a mold of my face while I was there, so that was kind of claustrophobic in itself. Musician Dan Simons of Just Surrender. First time ever going out on tour, you remember every stop. And Nick Thompson of Hit the Lights. All, all the stuff that I think that people go through through life, and it's just like my outlet for that. Watch the video version of American Slacker on our YouTube channel and listen to our show on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit our website, aspodcast.com, for everything American Slacker. That's it. There you go. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Listener, if you enjoy the show, make sure you sign up for our Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd. You can give back on a monthly or annual basis and get benefits. You get access to an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. Bonus content is there. You would have heard our instant reactions to both Oppenheimer and Barbie. At least mine and Anthony's. Ruggs uh, was too drunk no. to send something in. You okay, Ruggs? Yeah. Okay. Hang in, <laughs> Hang in there. <laughs> you also, I don't know what is happening. You also, Ruggs is drunk. You also get access. Are you happy that I'm back in room? I'm so glad you're back, Ruggs. Like, where are you? He's like across the room. You also get access to our Discord monthly hangout where we like to geek out once a month on Discord. Our next meeting will be August 24th, 8 p.m. Put it in your calendar. And there's a You Pick It tier where you can choose any movie for us to watch and review. There's a tier where you get a T-shirt and you become kind of one of our special producers of the show. It's a lot of fun over there. Jockinner.com slash Patreon. Check it out. Okay. We got through the bleak, depressing part of Barbenheimer. Let's get to the pink part. The pink fun part. Barbenheimer. Part two. We will be now reviewing Barbie. The actual movie. Here's your spoiler alerts. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Spoiled. The movie Barbie, based on Barbie, the doll. No kidding. Created by Ruth Handler in 1959. That's how long Barbie's been around. Crazy. On Rotten Tomatoes, this one's sitting at a 90% tomato meter. 8.1 out of 10. 90% audience rating. And now here's where things get fun. This movie was made for $145 million. More than Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, they projected that this movie, we were talking about what movie is going to crack $100 million, what movie is going to crack $100 million, And then in the last few weeks, they were projecting, oh, Barbie could be the first one in a long time to crack $100, $110 million maybe. Uh, it, opening weekend, the adjusted numbers from today, it makes domestic opening weekend one hundred and sixty-two million fucking dollars. Oh shit! Wow, one sixty-two worldwide is sitting at three fifty-six. Here's what this means: it broke a bunch of records. This is the biggest opening weekend ever for a film directed by a female, by a woman, beating out uh, Captain Marvel, which was co-directed by a woman, and Wonder Woman, directed by Patty Jenkins. This is the biggest opening of the year, beating out Super Mario Brothers movie. 
This is the biggest opening for a movie ever based on a toy. This is the biggest opening ever for Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. This is the biggest opening weekend for a movie that isn't a sequel, remake, or superhero movie. Oh, shit. Also, because of the Barbenheimer effect, the this entire weekend box office comes in as the fourth biggest weekend box office of all time. Wow. The last three times that happened had to do with Infinity War, Endgame, and The Force Awakens. And they do it with Barbie and Oppenheimer. This is crazy. Crazy numbers. Amazing. And you saw it everywhere. Um, of course, this movie, directed by Greta Gerwig, written by Greta Gerwig, and Noah Baumbach. Uh, and now we just talked about how Oppenheimer had a crazy cast. This movie also similarly has a crazy cast in a completely different way. Of course, you got Margot Robbie as Barbie. Ryan Gosling as Ken, a Ken. There's a lot of Kens. There's a lot of Barbies. They are played by Issa Rae, Kate McKinnon, Alexandra Ship, Dua Lipa, quick cameo. You got Kingsley Benadier, Malcolm X, Gravik. and Gravik, and Bob Marley soon playing a Ken. Uh, Simu Liu as another Ken. John Cena as a mermaid Ken. Lots of crazy cameos. Uh, yeah, but uh, Michael Sarah as Alan. Michael Sarah as Alan. Will Farrell as the CEO of Mattel. Alan is hilarious. I had no idea there was just one of Alan. Uh, uh, Emerald Fennell is in this. There's just so many people. It's a great, great, crazy cast. Another great cast. Uh, this is also produced by Warner Brothers and Mattel and Margot Robbie. And uh, we already mentioned, uh, yeah, they put this up to fuck with Oppenheimer. Help them both. Nice two-hour runtime, which seemed totally refreshing after the Oppenheimer. Even though, right. Even though it's still two hours. Breeze. Right? No problem. Anthony, what happens in Barbie? What We finally get this movie. What is it? First of all, I have to say with those numbers, I, was, I, I have to eat some crow because I was going, who is this movie for? Right? We'll answer and that question. And the marketing worked because yeah. it was a four- Everyone, everybody, uh, everyone decided to see it. Well, yeah, it was the in, marketing. In of, yeah, the marketing worked. I don't know who was it for. That that question is still. We'll talk about that. Yes, yes. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But in terms of who did it appeal to, in terms of the marketing, everyone came out and saw it. Right. Okay. Uh, what is this movie about? This movie is about uh, this dreamland that oh, this this reality where Barbie exists in a in a Barbie world. <laughs> Barbie land. And there's the real world, and there's a Barbie world, and Margot Robbie plays stereotypical Barbie, and all of a sudden she starts to have thoughts and build cellulite and get into a place where she's not perfect anymore. And she has to journey into the real world to figure out what the hell is going on. And by journeying into the real world, it further screws up Barbie world. And uh, it's about that. She got to fix things. Making that all right. Yeah. Fixing things. Crazy. Fun premise. Yep. Uh, any theater experience additional outside of, yeah, I saw there was a people wearing pink. There was like a pink Mustang in the theater, in the parking lot of my theater. Like, Matt, somebody spray painted a pink. Uh, I'll tell you about my theater okay. experience. And then I'll close it out. Okay. I went to a packed theater experience. There was a lot of kids in the theater. And about 40 minutes into uh, the movie, every kid had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> every kid was walking around. Every kid was making noise. I'll tell you who this movie isn't for. It's fucking little kids. They're going to be yeah. bored. Don't bring your fucking kids. No, it's not a kid. Yeah, 
It's not a little kid's movie. Absolutely <laughs> it, it, good. That is a very good point. Yeah. It, this movie, while about a doll, this is not a kid's movie. Don't, it's just, don't do that. There's a lot of talking about shit that they don't understand. 100%. Yeah, over there. Uh, as far as my movie experience, I went on a Sunday night yeah. at 7 o'clock by a theater close to my mom's house, which is a theater that I know I can always get a ticket for. It's never fucking sold out. I walk into the theater, and there's a line to the box office. I went, oh, fuck. Wow. And, um, I mean, this movie r- rose everything. People were in line to see Dial of Destiny, Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Barbie, yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Sound of Freedom, by the way, has just become oh, some sort of weird phenomenon, yes. too. But that's an aside. That's a whole different um, thing, yes. That's an aside. <laughs> of my theater, I mean, I had to sit in the fourth row. It was the, 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 the all the back rows were packed. I, uh, ironically, or not ironically, but kind of luckily, because I was that close, I didn't have to deal with a lot of bullshit. Oh. Because everyone that was either getting up or laughing obnoxiously was. 30 rows behind me yeah okay so actually it, i ended up preferring sitting where i was at but uh another packed theater at a theater that like no one goes to on a sunday night with people wearing pink and when you got out in the lobby girls yeah. middle-aged women all sorts of freaking people out in the lobby wearing pink saw, catching yeah, it, other was, it wasn't just women like there was dudes wearing pink everybody was oh, embracing yeah. this it was crazy there, there, there i walked and there was four dudes mm-hmm. with pink hoodies mm-hmm. watching the movie and they they couldn't have looked more stereotypically heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you who had the best time at this movie. Yeah. 50-year-old women. Uh, sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. And there, were, yeah. there was about like four like 50-year-old women yeah. sitting in front of me. Yeah. They knew every reference. Oh, my God. They were huge These Barbie were, fans. They, 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 they were Barbie. Yeah. I think they were... They loved Barbie when they were kids. Yeah. Their daughters yeah. loved Barbie when That's they were the perfect audience for this. Yeah. And they fucking got every fucking there was inside a lot of, joke. Yeah, there was a lot they of loved tricks. it. Yeah, they were loving it for a while. And then after a while, they I felt like that they were uncomfortable for a while. <laughs> oh, and then at, by the end, they, you know, they, they got back into the fold. But like. Yeah, I think like they were gonna get the biggest. Uh, who's this movie for them? Well, them and some other people. So yeah. again, the theater experience. Uh, w- this whole weekend was wild. I've never seen. I saw Oppenheimer on Thursday. Everything was packed. I see Barbie last minute Sunday, like at noon. It's fucking packed theater. Every theater, like there's six theaters showing Barbie. There's people everywhere. All packed. I was like, I've never seen the theater like this. It was amazing, and it was a lot was of fun. Experience. It was an experience. I'm glad you made yes. us do this. Anthony, that we could experience Barbenheimer once in a lifetime. Uh, uh, and so I'll start with my opening thoughts. First of all, of course, amazing marketing helped the thing. But at the end of this, I had so much fun. I thought this movie is so clever and really funny, imaginative. It's both satire and social commentary at the same time. Delightful visuals, delightful set. It's self-aware in the right way. I was like, this is like... Willy Wonka meets Toy Story meets The Truman Show meets like Clueless meets Legally Blonde and a bunch of other things. And I was surprised at how actually legitimately funny and refreshing and kind of fun it was. Like, I had a great time. I had a great time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, Ruggs, what'd you think coming out of it? I can agree with you on a lot of those points. I feel like when they were sending a Barbie in and of itself... It was it was really brilliant when they were just like doing like, for example, when they did the uh, 
2001 A Space Odyssey, and then they do the Monty Python, them yeah. walking, you know, riding horses yeah, there's a lot on of, their own. a lot of references in this movie. I'm like, they're like, they're using a lot of jokes from like Toy Story 2, and I'm like, okay, is, we've seen a lot of this before, like, why are, are, are we clever because we're incorporating all these old jokes into this? So, um, like, for example, like, any toy that you have, if you give them a drink of something, they're not going to drink anything. There's that's not intrinsic to Barbie. Okay, but yeah, the 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 fact that they have a pool and they can't go in the water is intrinsic yeah, to Barbie. Solid. So there's certain things that were brilliant because they dug them up about that the particular toy, and like like. like when they weren't going into the weird Barbie, weird Barbie's great because everybody knows about weird I Barbie. I love weird Barbie. Like you play and then when you Barbie. go to weird Barbie's place and there's the dog shitting on the thing, there's an actual yes, fucking that, dog that shits that, pellets yeah, like that's that. that's a toy. And yeah. it's, it's a great call out. Yeah. Like there's some really Barbie centric humor. Yeah. And uh, it, that nails it. But when it goes like off the rails and it starts pulling jokes from other movies, I feel like, eh, we've seen that before. Not that creative. I can't really give you the pat on the back for that. Uh, but um, overall, I think the movie had something to it, and it lost it somewhere along the path. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. I really think that, that the message was all over the place. I really I think that, that the movie was all over the place. And I didn't know, like, okay, for example, you have this Barbie world, right? And then you have the real world. Right. But the real world, like Will Ferrell is a cartoon. So the real world's not really the real world. It's an exaggerated. And then everything's world. exaggerated. Yeah. And so you don't know, like you can't take any of it. You So then the, when you start trying to make a point, you're like, well, yeah, you're telling a story of a world that doesn't really exist. So like, what is you're making two fake worlds now? And like, what is the what is the juxtaposition there? Mm. It's, it's so I felt like they failed on that end. So, um, and then at the end of the movie, Barbie decides to go to that world that's oppressive. Yeah. And hang out there yeah. because she has a vagina. <laughs> I, I, like, I mean, that's the end of the, end of the day. I that's mean, what it's the funny, story is. Whole- but, um, but so I don't understand what the totality of the movie is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But those individual comedic moments, those clever observations about the toys, those ideas that, um, like they had the best intentions with Barbie and still there's some fucking teenager who's going to sit there and like try and observe it through the modern lens yeah, and like critique Barbie. Like, like we grew up with GI Joe and He-Man did like He-Man give you body issues. Well, like, but it's different with girls. Like, it's man. weird. It's different with girls. Barbie is a contradiction in herself. And I thought they did handle that kind of well. I'll just say it is interesting that the movie, I mean, the movie took a swing, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's made by Mattel, yeah. yet they're questioning everything that that brand yep. stood for yep. and what it means and what it's really done to girls. So I thought that was an interesting swing. I, I would agree with you, Ruggs. I don't know that it fully landed on what message it was really giving. I think the message that they were trying to say is that Barbie had the best intent and it's given, because that montage at the end with all the old footage. Right. It, that like I'm not a I don't obviously I've I've never really played with obviously I guess I could have played with Barbie I had him fuck a lot but um I guess but you the play with was, toys you play, yeah, yeah, with, I play toys. with toys yeah. but I guess the Barbie is was, a toy at the end of the day 
Yeah, right? I guess the intent was it's regardless of the of it's it's been a part of history and it's made a lot of girls happy. Has it been made every girl happy yeah. and has it been the best thing? Yeah. No, but it's been the cause of happiness for a lot of people. Um, as far as my thoughts, uh, I, I'm I'll say it like this. I had a great time at the movie. First and foremost, I laughed a lot. It was funny. It was really funny. Yeah, it was fucking it was, funny. Yeah. It was, it was, um, it was not what I was expecting, you know, in terms of a, a more of a mature in a way message and audience, um, kind, very clever, you know, jokes that kids aren't going to understand. Um, all that stuff was great. The, the Ken stuff I thought was really funny. There was, I just had a really good time with the movie. That being said, I did watch some stuff prior, so I was prepped for this kind of feminist agenda in the movie. Yeah, and I can certainly see that. If if I mean, if that if speech that America it, it reminded me of the She Hulk speech. Yeah, and the <laughs> the movie. I mean, the movie goes out of the way, and again, it's it's told in a jokey fashion, so it depends how serious you want to take it, but. The movie goes out of the way to just basically tell you that men, there's nothing redeeming about men. Well, you want to know something that is that mystifies me. So you got this movie and it's about a doll that generations have grown up around. Mothers have enjoyed this with their kids. They try to do a mother daughter story in it. Mm -hmm. And it seems to kind of gloss over what motherhood actually is. Right. So biologically, right, a woman, you know, is incapacitated by having a kid, right? Uh, they need to take time off from work. They need to now de- not think about themselves and put something else in the forefront. And they need to, like, maybe have a, a, a husband or someone else to help them care or some kind of family unit to help support them in this endeavor because it's hard to do on your own and that's probably the reason more than just evil men that has this huge responsibility that women have and the fact that the the entire human race can't exist without them like they gloss over all of that they're just like oh it sucks to have a vagina you know like and you know like and that's it like and there's no nuance to it and um they don't. They, not, they even in the mother daughter relationship, is, they don't yeah. get into it. It is a little heavy handed, right? At the no, end, so of like, I mean, yeah, go ahead, finish. So the, ob- the, the reason why I'm pointing that out is because you can only do that if you're like, look over here, not over here. You have this point of view that you're trying to say, like, men are evil, and this is, and if men ever get the the idea that they could have power. But there's not a biological element to it. There's not like a, a responsibility that's 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 ingrained in growing someone inside of you, you know, and um, I don't know. I just feel like that that's not an important thing. If you're going to make a movie about mothers and daughters and stuff like that, you just completely overlook that and you just move right past that to like, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, there's just an evil uh, force and it's and it's it's Will Ferrell. Well, to, to add to that, um if you take the movie at what it's portraying on screen, when they go to the real world, you know, everyone is oogling her. Yeah. You have a dude come up and slap her in the ass. Yeah. That's you have, not reality. You yeah. have Ken going to different corporations asking for jobs and saying, and the guy responding, 
we're just doing the patriarchy, but we're doing it more behind the scenes. <laughs> and so the movie hates on men throughout the entire movie. The Kens come back, learn about this. They subordinate all the women who are supposedly like the smartest women in the world, but yet they're easily conned by the men. Mm-hmm. That's because like, the, story that's needs, mm-hmm. the story needs them to do it. Mm-hmm. So, right. they, so, they, it so then that all happens. And then obviously the Barbies win. And you would think, well, not you would think, but I think the message that could have came out was at the end, the Barbies realize that, hey, men and women, there there's a, a give and take and there needs to be, you know, there's positives and benefits of both and it's a working relationship. So maybe instead of Barbie land being ruled by women, it's a, you know, a joint kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what we should do in the real world. Yeah. But instead, the message is, um, no, the Barbies are in charge. Y'all can have yeah, one power, but it's going to be below us. Yeah. Right. So it was a really strange message, and the the only thing I can say, and I'll, I'll get off of it, is if this was reversed, women would be an up in arms. But it, it's, it seems to be okay because it's happening to men, and it's a comedy. Um, right. That being said, I wanted to point that out. That being said, I mean, I don't give a fuck. I didn't have a problem <laughs> with it. I just thought it was an interesting thing. No, but you, like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I thought it was, it, it doesn't I, I threaten I my manhood, it, but it's yeah. an interesting thing to point out. I smirked at it, movie. but, like, if you're going to, uh, you're doing an analysis of a movie. Right. You and you're asking, and you're asking, okay, does this make logical sense or does it even make emotional sense to, like, gloss over all these things to make your point? Then you start seeing, like, it's kind of like a straw man point. But. At the end of the movie, Char Barbie decides to go into the patriarchy. Right. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I'm mystified to what the point was. And even you have the creator of Barbie, Ruth yeah. Handler, yeah. say, like, the patriarchy is just something that we made up to make us feel better about ourselves. So right. even the creator of Barbie doesn't agree with this idea. Right. And in by by proxy of Greta Gerwig is now, you know, co-signing on that. Um, by putting that character to say that, or Noah Baumbach, or whoever wrote that line. Yeah. So it is a movie that, yes, you could say it has this feminist agenda, but then there's always those things that subvert that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I don't know what this, I don't know what the movie is. I just know that it's funny yeah. and fun, yeah. and Margot Robbie's good to look at, and so is, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling. His abs painted on looks amazing. <laughs> And uh, I love the musical scenes. I love him. I mean, no guy would ever sing. I want to push you around to a girl. Yeah, it's, but it's funny for the movie. Was hilarious. But Matchbox it's funny for 20. the movie. Yeah. That's not what a guy would sing to a girl <laughs> unless you're written by by this this movie. But like, yes, it's funny. It's funny in, in a lot of ways. I'm going to play my guitar at you. Yeah. That's funny. Like, come over. Like, play my guitar at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll beat you off. The beach off was, I mean, there's a lot of funny lines. Wait, let's get back to like, this is how I felt ultimately about like this whole, how they dealt with toxic masculinity and the speech she gives right about what it means to be a woman. It's a little, Ooh, uh, America. Ferrara, yeah. Gloria. Oh, the, it's super heavy handed. So yes, <laughs> it is super heavy handed. However, I, at the same time, I felt all these things. I was like, wow, this is really great for me as a dude to hear this to yeah, hear sure. a woman think right i also thought wow th- she also the woman what sorry to interrupt the women in my crowd were eating it like that's they were loving the it. other yeah. best thing yeah. she is talking directly to how many women feel like this all of them she is talking directly to that and yes the men are made 
as kind of the villains, but how many movies do we have where there's a girl bimbo and all the guys are in charge? 100%. I 100%. loved this female point of view, this and the strong woman perspective on this. I thought it was great. There's nothing wrong with it. And I think it's great that it's out there. And I was like, every woman should see this movie. And like, also, every man should see this movie. Well, I, if, I, I agree. Real quick, just real quick. The discussion we're having, yeah. the fact that we're having this discussion off the movie, I think is in a, in a way a good thing because yeah. who the fuck knew that a Barbie movie right? would prompt us to have this a discussion like this, right? Brilliant. Um, well, only if you make it like this, right? Only if you make it, but but the movie does make it like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing. It it would be re- like if we just reviewed this movie and we were like, it was fucking funny and the sound and the sound was great and the costume design and we ignored it, we'd be doing a disservice to what the movie's actually trying to fucking Absolutely. tell us. What right? is it trying to tell you, Anthony? I am with you. I don't know what it's. I mean, I, I think there is a very strong it's hard being a anti male. So like being a woman is hard. bad, but hard. being a guy bad. is also hard being one. You know, like I know that it's also difficult. Like the whole idea of masculinity. What the fuck is that? Like no one right. knows. So it's like you can make the argument for both. And uh, and I don't think that that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a movie that communicates. It, and I applaud that that they did that and but i also think that um yeah i there could be a as i said you have this the the whole entire premise of this movie right is that barbie exists and ken is just an accessory and then when ken learns about the real world patriarchy is hilarious like he wants to bring it into barbie land because he feels like undervalued and he feels like like nothing. So it's like a play on, okay, now you know what women feel like. And so I, I think that that's brilliant. Yeah, the switch okay, is great. that's great. Yeah. yeah, that's like, there's a lot of brilliance to go around in this And movie. then Ken at the end has got to find who he is. And then he's like, I'm just Ken. I'm Ken. So he has a kind well, of an arc. They Both of them. So, right. So Ken has that arc. But then Barbie has always thought that she was a positive light. Right. And she never knew anything different. Right. And then she goes to the real world yeah. and look, goes, oh, there's a lot more nuance to what my real impact was. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of great that it's got all these levels. It's got a comedic level. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, in a way, like, I feel like, okay, the fact that it it doesn't stay on that comedic level for the whole movie and then it dips into this weird ass level, it like, it would have been even more brilliant if it stayed on that comedic level and then it had this subtext underneath and we could talk about but then they heavy-handedly put all this stuff in there now we're forced to talk about it mm-hmm. it's like you mm-hmm. can't get around it yeah you can't have a real discussion without it yeah I, I agree with you rugs i think i think the movie tried to tackle a bunch of different things and and in that sense i think they took a, a home run swing yeah I don't know that I, I agree. I don't know that it completely lands. I mean, it's ballsy. I can't I can't yeah. take that away from Greta Gerwig and Noel Baumbach. But it's fucking entertaining. Yeah, it's an interesting film, to say the least. I was entertained. I, I was I scratched my head, which is, you know, maybe that's the sign of a good movie sometimes when you do right. that. But I can't say that I completely get what they were doing but for Greta Gerwig to want to do this and Mattel let him do that with this Barbie is wild and I think I'm glad she well, took I don't think swing. it damages Barbie no, in the least absolutely not. No. And no it's I think it's reinvigorated yeah, Barbie. yeah yeah it's like you're taking Barbie and saying look we tried to do something good yeah. and it didn't work out like you know we like we tried to make girls believe that they could do anything and they can do anything they really can yeah. 
But that doesn't mean that they want to do everything. Well, that's the contradiction of Barbie, right? <laughs> she showed girls they could be whatever they want. Well, I mean, that's and, the contradiction of the first scene, yeah. right? Is, oh, these little girls are playing with babies. Yeah. And being playing with babies and motherhood right. is not something to be celebrated. Oh. We need Barbie. Yeah, to see. And then you later on in the movie reference... We had the pregnant Barbie, but that's discontinued <laughs> because we don't want to celebrate that. The discontinued dolls were great. That was so funny. But, but I mean, it's but like they're they're. It is kind of beautiful in the way that we're talking about. It all really the shit is like it's, a, a it's fucking, fucking Barbie deep. movie. Okay, wait. Let's talk about some shit that I love because it was hilarious. I love uh, that line where she's like, "I have no vagina," and he doesn't have a penis. So Alan, the, <laughs> when they're in the real world, yeah, within the real world, yeah. the fact that there's only one Alan and he just wants to get the fuck out of there is hilarious. I, oh, the Alan when he's like, when I learned to build this wall sideways. Like he's just building it <laughs> yeah, up that's one, funny. one he's building it straight up. Like I build the wall. I love there was a Justice League Zack Snyder Justice League joke. Oh yeah, there was a Photoshop. But that's joke. A, that's a anti male. They're yes. like that's a like a very fucking like toxic masculinity yeah, type. That thing was great. The Photoshop joke. Also, I was like, oh my god, he's using Photoshop terms. Uh there the fourth wall breaks. My favorite is like Helen Mirren narrating. We forgot Helen Mirren narrating. And that part where she breaks in, where Barbie's like, "I'm not, I'm not pretty, or I don't feel special," and she's like, uh, "Note, uh, Margot Robbie is not someone you want to cast when you're trying to make this point." <laughs> but Margot Robbie, it's so perfect for this role. They wanted originally like Amy Schumer, oh, and then no, Anne, no. And then Anne, she doesn't know what Barbie goes through. And then Anne Hathaway was briefly attached. Before. Amy Schumer would have been a, a different movie. I mean, this movie's, I would say, this movie's pretty woke. Yeah, on the woke scale. Yeah. But if you cast Amy Schumer as, as Barbie, that you would just be so far on the woke scale. Zero people yeah. would have went to see that yeah. movie. You, you, Margot Robbie is the perfect. She is so cast. perfect for this. She embodies it. But Ryan Gosling steals every fucking scene. I feel like that it was his movie in the it last ca- like hour. It was. It was. What does he call it? Uh, Casa. Oh, oh <laughs> shit! It was called Dojo. Casa something dojo, dojo mojo casa house yeah dojo mojo yeah. she's like actually dojo is redundant and so is casa so is house uh the, and then they started selling them in the real world i love at the end he has a i am knuff sweatshirt apparently yeah, you can like buy that. that shirt now but fuck the set design the colors the song oh, it, it's gonna it's gonna win i mean for set design and costume it's this is another oscar type movie in that sense technically there's a lot going on there that's there's really so clever. many easter eggs this one is rewatchable like i want to go see it again i want to yeah. bring like my mom oh, sure. and my wife and my sister i was like you guys need to see this movie it's fucking delightful the the when i put on my instagram that i'd seen first of all people were confused because i put on my instagram friday of myself posing in a barbie bo- doll <laughs> oh, ass, no um, life-size barbie doll um, box? box yeah and people i had guys message me going how's the movie like as <laughs> like genuinely curious if that movie like this is this has hit everybody yeah yeah, this whole thing, this whole weekend has hit everybody. But um, yeah, I'm with you, Enron. I mean, there was a lot of I didn't I couldn't write them down, obviously, but there were a lot of moments where I was going, that's clever. That was funny. This this is making me laugh. The fact that Ryan Gosling's character, he's like, all I do is beach. Yes, I uh, just that's beach. my job. Beach Use lifeguard. Yeah, no, no, I just beach. It's not even lifeguard. It's beach. They don't need beach and, here. What did um. <laughs> what did you guys think of Will Ferrell in the movie? I, you know, he was fine. He was Will Ferrell. I think they overused him. Was, they overused him. They didn't need to be in the movie. He was doing the Will Ferrell thing. He made me laugh. He was completely ridiculous and just 
being Will Ferrell. I, I saw a review that basically said Will Ferrell's Will Ferrell, but because they had Will Ferrell in the movie, they kept cutting to the real world. Yeah. And the best parts of the movie are when they're in Barbie. When they're in Barbie they kept Land. using yeah. the real world yeah. stuff. I think that, look, Will Ferrell is always in that positive, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he always is funny. But if you're making a movie and you're cutting back to Will Ferrell for no other reason than to have the Will Ferrell in the movie, then the, you don't need to do that. Can, I, I like when that. he's chasing her and he tries to jump over the cube and he can't get over the cube. He's <laughs> like, it'll be faster if I jump over. <laughs> and he has his own song. And I mean, the references like you saw like 2001 opening. Uh, there's a little West Side story when they're fighting, when the Kens are fighting, which is also you hilarious. Think at Mattel, there's only men working there. Uh, no, I, okay. I don't think okay. that's true. That's not it's yeah. ingenuous. Yeah. They no, did that. Yeah. Did so. you know? You know how he has this fur coat. You know what? That's a reference to that mink coat. Um, no. you, you don't know rugs? Is that it's your boy? Is that, um, it's your boy rugs? Don King? No, Stallone. Remember in the seventies? Oh, too. Well, in the seventies, Stallone apparently loved mink coats, fur coats, and would he wear did. them everywhere. Uh, he wears an he wears one in Rocky too. I yeah, too. I think that was the reference to that when they were playing volleyball. It's a little Top Gun. They mentioned The Shining. I mean, it's like so many things. Wizard of Oz, My Fair Lady, uh, Saturday Night Fever opening dance number was a direct inspiration to that opening dance number. Uh, so many cra- The Godfather is mentioned. Grease is in there. Monty Python's in there, like you said. Uh, it's I love I love that you pulled all these references. I just I just thought it was such a delightful movie. Here's the question: Do you think more Mattel toy based movies are coming? I think this thing yes. could hit a billion dollars. If Captain Marvel opened to one fifty three, made a billion. I don't think every movie should be an extent as extensional exploration of fucking like. I, I'm sure that there's a lot of kids that went into this movie just wanted to have fun with Barbie, and they did not. And a lot of people wanted to go to this movie and have fun with Barbie, and there was I think there's enough references to satisfy those people. But I don't think every Mattel movie should be based on this. Well, I heard they're working on J.J. Abrams produced Hot Wheels movie. Vin Diesel is tied to like a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. Uh, you know Mattel is going to well, milk all this shit. Here's the, here's the crazier one. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya oh, yes. uh, is attached to an, uh, a mature Barney movie. What the fuck? They're going to make Barney, Barney all the... Who do you get? Scorsese to direct this? Making a fucking <laughs> Barney a, a hitman? That would be amazing. Played by Daniel Kaluuya. I mean, this is this is the type of thing that um, is good and bad, right? Like, this is a, a v- extremely original thing that they did with an IP that's been around forever. Yeah. Um, if they can continue to make like clever things like this, I think there's a good thing. But they won't. They, they're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to capture the magic with a Barney Hot Wheels American Girl. No. Oh, yeah, Rock'em, Sock'em, Amer- Robots, American like Girls, Uno, the, there's an yeah, Uno yeah, on here. Everything. And I mean, they're probably going to want to make a sequel. And I feel like the sequels are just going to make this worse. Like, I don't even. They think, should never make a sequel. I don't think they movie. should make a sequel. It ends perfectly. She goes, she's human. Story resolves. She moves on. She's. You, I, 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 uh, for what it's worth, I, I enjoy the um, Barbie World remix that they have going on at the end with Nicki Minaj. Oh, yeah. The I'm a Barbie Ice Spice. <laughs> or uh, not Spice. I forget what the fuck the other girl's name is. I mean, space ice <laughs> that's a that's that, a right? youtube channel uh i even the end bit where they're building up to like you think she's getting a job or a big break and she's going to see her gynecologist like that's a funny joke to end on. 
Did did the did the emotional parts land? Because oh. at the end, with the, when she see when she's crying and sees the impact that Barbie's had on little girls. I'll tell you the the part that got me, and it was a great little scene. And actually, they wanted so it's not that scene, it's not huh? that one. They wanted Greta Gerwig <laughs> to cut the scene. It's just when she goes to the real world and she's looking around and she sees that old lady on the park bench. Oh, she says she's beautiful. And she just goes, "You're beautiful," crying, and the, the old lady's like, "I know." Uh, that's apparently some costume designer, Oscar-winning costume designer. But oh, they wanted her to cut out that scene, and she's like, "No, like, what is this? What am I making this for? If I can't have that?" And I love that little moment. It was perfectly Margot Robbie's great performance in that. Uh, I think that that Billie Eilish song with the 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 footage from uh, home videos, mm-hmm. like that's powerful oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's actually footage from the cast, like old home videos of cast. That, that hit for me, and I didn't know what it was hitting on, yeah. but I was just like, this. Whatever this scene is, is is well made. I don't know what the message is, but I'm, because it's, it's Toy Story, it's, it's Toy, Toy Story. Story. It's, yes. it's like That's why it works. It's yeah. like your yeah, youth, right. and yeah. the song is like, "What am I made for?" Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. There's like there's like these two things crossing over at the same time. There's you know Barbie, what am I made for? And then there's like, okay, this is what you're made for. Yeah. This is why you exist is to make people happy and people have someone to play with. And um, yeah, I think that that outweighs the bad. Just mothers uh, and daughters. Yeah, you're absolutely, you're, you've actually hit it on the nail on the head. So thank you for encapsulating that. It's it is the the childlike. It is the flashback to yeah. being a child, yeah. and that's something you would never, you know, you don't you don't really get anymore. It's well, just, one of the things that I uh, when it when it comes into to Barbie, you look at psychology, right? Yeah. So if you put a bunch of dolls out there. Like a kid who doesn't know anything is going to gravitate towards what they think is going to be the most uh, welcoming to them or like whatever. So they they always kind of gravitate towards a certain standard that's ingrained in people. Mm -hmm. And uh, Barbie shouldn't be like feel bad because people gravitated towards that doll. Like just because you make a doll doesn't mean people are going to like it. Right. Mm hmm. Just because you market something doesn't mean people are going to like it. You can try and make something happen till the, the till the end of the day, and it might not ever happen because people just don't respond to it. So Barbie shouldn't feel bad that it was popular. Barbie shouldn't feel bad that kids played with Barbie. Like the fact that people are now looking at Barbie and deconstructing Barbie and looking at it as some negative thing, that's like not on barbie but they've evolved with the times too to the they've tried to their credit of course. you know to make like when they said in the movie can you make a regular I girl love, barbie i actually I'm like, love that i thought that was great it was really funny no, but that's been out it's for been years out, yeah and then she's like ordinary barbie and will ferrell's like that's <laughs> a terrible idea the guy's like it's gonna make tons of cash he's like genius that's brilliant let's do it oh and doesn't he say it's already selling or whatever oh <laughs> well, yeah probably i think yeah. so it's like it's just sold i mean yeah. i mean you, it confirms like, yeah oh this is actually selling ordinary right barbie yeah. was a what is a great idea well that when they made the ken thing they were selling it automatically in, you remember when they made when oh, yeah, ken when made ken the dojo over. the yeah. dojo because of mojo dojo, dojo casa house. house yeah that's fucking fantastic <laughs> and uh man this thing it's it's probably gonna make tons of money it's fucking great okay let's uh give this one a number there anthony final thoughts what number will you give it yeah final thoughts i mean it, it's similar to op not it's not similar to Oppenheimer, but I think it's it's a good thing that these two movies came out, regardless of their 
their the level of perfection that they're trying to achieve. Ne- neither are perfect. Um, one could argue Oppenheimer is probably a more as a better movie, but this is a more entertaining movie. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I think this is showing. You know, you throw these movies along with Mission Impossible. This is showing the world that there are movies out there besides superhero movies, and people want to see different things, and people will come out and see some different things, and people will come out and see things that are a big swing with both of these yeah, movies, yeah. right? So Oppenheimer being a, a three-hour talkie biopic, and this one being um, potentially a uh, subvert your expectations uh, commentary on Barbie's um, impact on the world while also spreading deep, uh, a female man. empowerment message. That's deep. I, I don't know that it all lands, yeah. but I was damn entertained. Yeah. And uh, with that, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. If if it would have landed the message, I think I would have given it a 9. And if uh, if it didn't hate men so much, <laughs> I would have given it a 10. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not one of those that's going to go, man, this movie's it hates men and... I, it's it's challenging my manhood. Like I don't give a fuck. It's fine. It, there's plenty of movies where women are portrayed as bimbos, and yeah. it's fine. It's ironic that they can do this now. And if it was flipped, people get pissed. But I digress. Okay, eight out of ten. Bruggs, what number are you gonna give it? Is it a good time? Absolutely. Is it? Uh, does it make sense? No, it does not. <laughs> Is it for kids? No, no absolutely no. not. Anybody who doesn't have pubes should not be watching this movie. Um, is it entertaining? It's uh, 7.5, even an 8 uh, entertainment-wise. Uh, if you if you have the brevity to go, or not brevity, the, the, the balls to go see it, or the okay. vagina to go see it, <laughs> go see it. Both. It's actually fun, so check it I out. I think it's both for people who have balls and a vagina. Uh, I, but, man, I was really really surprised at how much i enjoyed this movie and on sheer entertainment factor alone i'm i'm gonna give it i'll give it a nine i'm gonna give it a nine i thought it was fucking clever and brilliant but like you said anthony i feel like i saw we saw three great movies in the last two weeks yeah no it's 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 crazy that it's like this it's been a pleasure yeah for for the first time in a while going to a movie theater and and watching good shit no superhero not only good shit but different shit yeah and i'm i'm the biggest marvel fan right? there is and superhero what fan, is happening it's it's nice to see you know you have mccory you have you you have mccory you have nolan you have now greta gerwig who's an up-and-coming i've seen some of greta gerwig stuff she's great yeah. but you have directors directing movies that they want to direct with big name stars yeah and it's it's not superhero movies. Yeah. And it's fucking different. It's, and if you want to throw in, it wasn't released. I wish it was. But if you want to throw in Extraction Two, ah, like you have a whole sure. dichotomy of different kind of shit yeah. that's out there that's fucking good. Not, not a reboot, not a remake, not a superhero movie. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So we'll see. And so, hope, I mean, is we're, this we're in a shit place. Is this the beginning of like maybe a turnaround and like not with the strike making... though? That's the thing. It's yeah. weird that, that's that this what I was is happening. Say. So I think I think this would all be a good press, there was a good yeah. starting point yeah. for a turnaround. Yeah. But perhaps these things that are coming out plus the strike yeah. leads to this inflection point that we were discussing, and you've hinted at two rugs that potentially changes the direction of cinema in a much better way for everybody. Because, And then on the other way, it is an argument for the writers and actors. Look how much money you did. Look how much you need writers and actors to come up with some original shit here. Now, should we, should we hope for a, a uh, other side of the coin movie to come out, like a He-Man movie? 
Oh, that He-Man movie is dead. They're not doing that. That's also Hasbro. They've killed that. <laughs> oh, movie. it's gone. Yeah, they they killed it. Oh, that Netflix makes sense. Netflix killed the heat, and it's not happened. Well, well, I think women would argue we've been getting these kind of other side of the coin yes. movies forever. Yeah, so it's about good. But I think I Fight Club w- w- was good enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Commando was good enough for me. <laughs> All right, let's find out what the listeners thought. News from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. (laughs) I missed that. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. It's good. Anthony had some weird interpretations a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah I hear like he's, look, he was dying. Yeah, it looked like yeah. you were just choking on blood. He's throwing up and, and shitting himself. He either. got blood or something. Well, it was coming out of both ends. <laughs> can I tell you? It was an emergency. Uh, Blake Braden. So I did post I did post the spoiler thread for Barbie late. I didn't get a lot of comments. I got one. But this is about Oppenheimer. Blake Braden says, big, go- big bomb go boom. He's, but he did say this. He said, apparently during COVID, people forgot about their theater decorum or just not being creepy. And he posts a Twitter tweet that's now X from at J. Jalen saying, some guy in my theater dead ass took out his phone and took a picture with his flash on for one of Florence Pugh's scenes in Oppenheimer. He wanted to capture those boobies for later, I guess. But yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, he also uh, put in that line. So the whole thing about what did... It was kind of a great little thing where Strauss thought Oppenheimer said some shit to Albert Einstein. And you were waiting for what that is. Kind of like a Citizen Kane Rosebud moment. What did mm-hmm. he actually say? What Oppenheimer says to him is when I came to you with those calculations, we thought we might start a chain reaction that would destroy the entire world. And Albert says, I remember well, what of it? And then he just says, I believe we did. And, and then that was it. And he is haunting. And that is haunting. Uh, that they had that conversation is great. I don't know if it's real or if they wrote that, but it's good writing. No, it's the same conversation that Elon and Zucker had. Oh, absolutely. Right <laughs> we just we figured out a way to destroy the world. We did it. Ron Hans has said, was the music really loud at random parts for you all? Overall, really good movie. RDJ killed it. Uh, yes. Uh, you noticed I, that, didn't you? I noticed. It's, it's, I don't know what's going on with Nolan in the sound. At least nobody had a mask on while they were talking in this fucking movie. Which he has it like every fucking. You can lip read a little bit. You can see their mouths. Instead of. I mean, this has been a thing now with Tenant and Dark Knight Rises. It's like, what is going on? Why can't you get capture the audio? He's got too much fucking pride to fucking listen to this shit. Oh, no. Yeah, of course. He's like, do you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you sit in my set? I saved the cinema. John Bellotti Jr. says, very good movie, the kind of movies they used to make. So he liked it. Right. And then. Movies. Yeah. One comment from Jamie Robinson, Mr. Throwback Thursday from Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast about Barbie comments. I, too, lost interest in the patriarchy when I found out it wasn't about horses. That was a really funny line from Ken at the end. It's like, yeah. oh, but he's like, we just we did the patriarchy. We just did it better. Because he's flexing. <laughs> so fucking funny. Like, just brilliant. It was brilliant. Okay. I, I always loved when uh, Weird Barbie was on screen yes. and she just pop up and then barbie would just call her ugly to her face <laughs> she's like i'm sorry but the fact that she was in the splits because that doll is always oh, just splits. left wide open and thrown in the box 
everyone, even boys, yeah. they have forgot to go into naked Barbie. Barbie though. Naked Barbie they is like they, a huge yeah, thing. Naked, oh, there was always always naked Barbie. Naked there was, there was always Barbie. a there was always a naked Barbie because the tw- the the clothes would somehow get lost. <laughs> and a lot of times it was the boys. <laughs> See, Margot Robbie naked with with a with like a like plastic. Over her nipples to like oh, it look like so this. Oh, like, like it was plastic. I I was yeah, I thought they were gonna great. show like a smooth frontal thing with the Kens. I, I think I don't think PG thirteen. But there's nothing. But why they, you're not showing anything? I thought they would almost go there and show you the smooth. Yeah, front. like they have like panties on them now. Oh, they do. The yeah, dolls. The skin, like the, oh my god. The, the uh, all of oh, my the, Barbies do. <laughs> but just the detail of like <laughs> her face was drawn on. Like you absolutely did that. You absolutely drew on these dolls' faces. It, it's frightening. Like weird it's like Toy Story. It's Toy Story. Well, that was Greta Gerwig playing Weird Barbie. No, wasn't it, that's no? Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night oh, Live. Kate McKinnon. Kate that's McKinnon. Right. Okay. Yeah, she's hilarious. Really funny. Okay, let's finish up with some. What are we watching? So next week, everyone, Secret Invasion will be done. We will have a review of the whole season. Rugs, you haven't caught up on any of it. No. Okay, well, we'll just wait till next week. Anthony, any comments? Just, yeah, you could talk about it if you want. Episode five. I don't know. This show better uh, wrap up good. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it's seem like you're it's just, about it. no. it's just a. It's just a very tired. I mean, there's just no energy in this show. But we'll see what happens in, in the last episode. But. I, yeah, I mean the 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 continued downfall of Marvel is happening. I mean, this isn't doing anything. To it's a slog, it, even with Samuel Jackson. It's just like it. a oh, really slow pace. It's just it's just there's just no energy to any of it. I mean, the most exciting thing that happened in the last episode was him fucking suiting up in his coat and his eye patch. Right? Really? This is the big climax. He's back. I mean, now. there was like a big reveal there, and yeah, and he's kind of doing a Batman thing that you'll you'll. Oh, and Gravit kind of loses his shit a little bit, which is kind of fun. Yeah, you know, there's just we'll see what happens. But um, call someone. Who did he call? Not, not the best. Uh, I feel like I don't even want to watch. You, I know you have it? to watch this. We need to know. You need to rant on it. No, Hopefully, I, I don't know. One episode left. I don't know how it's going to end. No, again, not a lot of people talking about this. Show. Still, no. That's the that's that's the the worst part is. Even me, I used to remember what making this. This was appointment television. When this would come out, right. these Marvel shows, yeah. I would watch them while working the next the <laughs> same day. You're like I'm throwing this on. And now. now I I don't get to the show till Saturday, yeah. Sunday, but whatever. We'll we'll talk about it more in depth. Um, as far as what are we watching? I haven't watched anything in terms of movies or TV shows, but I've been watching a lot of the uh, the Critical Drinker. Oh, what's on that? YouTube. Okay, what do they do? Uh, he's just a he's just a guy I think from Scotland. That's uh, I would say. He hates willing- <laughs> He's he leans everything. pretty right, um, and he hates. He just like hates on shit all the oh. time. I mean, he sometimes he likes stuff, but he hates like superhero movies. Okay. He hates critical thinker. He said, "Yeah, critical he thinker. like just thinks everything is woke." Okay. Yeah, he he's yeah. a very anti woke guy. So yeah. it's just fun listening to his opinion <laughs> on shit. Like he he's hated a complete Barbie. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he a real. He's a real Andrew Tate but, in disguise. What happened? No, no, <laughs> no. Not Andrew. He's not as bad okay. as Andrew Tate. Uh, but it's funny. It, it, he makes good points. And I like I have been going back and listening to some of his deconstructions of uh, Justice League. And they're freaking funny. And it's well, the thing about the drink, the thing about the thing about drinker and all of these other guys is like they have their mind made up before they make the video. Ah, mm-hmm. All right. Which is kind of disingenuous. But even with that said, they still make relevant points. 
So and and, and their points that um, you're just not going to hear very often in mainstream media. I, I think if you help, you, you, I feel like watching Drinker is fine as long as you understand that that he's got his mind made up before he even watches the thing, and he's just making certain points. Every once in a while, he'll watch something. I'm like, oh, he's going to hate this, and he likes it, and then I'm like surprised that he likes something. Yeah. Um, there, there are things, uh, but you could say the same thing about me. <laughs> I would say you guys are similar. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's way more uh, hard on in terms of like he's way more mean spirited for sure. Oh, sounds fun. Um, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed, and I, usually I wa- I've watched him when I watched Barbie reviews. I watched him, and then I threw on Chris Stuckman immediately after because oh, yeah. I just wanted to get yeah. the dichotomy there. And of, yeah, yeah, and and you, you get a good balance. If oh, you, you throw that's a good both. compliment. Both sides of the thing. Yeah, that's because Chris Stuckman's very nice, yeah. very liberal, very thoughtful yeah. in his own way, and then the drinker is very right, very well, uh, mean. Well, also thoughtful. Yeah, but mean. Right. Interesting. So, Interesting. Nice balance there. Rex, do you get to watch anything else in all the craziness? Probably not. I watched the rest of the Ultraman season three. Okay. Which is on Netflix. Okay. Um, fine. There's a lot of fluff in there. Okay. But uh, definitely action, uh, 3D graphics, Ultraman story. It's kind of fun. Okay. But it, I mean, if you never watch it, it's fine too. Okay. It's fine for me because I like Ultraman. Yeah. Anything else? And they get to a cool Ultraman thing at the end. But um Yeah. Bilotti. There's like there's like uh I'll I'll give you this one little thing to tickle you. And so there's a bunch of Ultramen, right? Yeah. That they and they all team up against, you know, a common enemy, and that's kind of cool to watch. So okay. if you're into that okay. team up aspect avengers like you know the best of the best all involved like working as a team it's pretty cool rugs we, we weren't you weren't here on the show you, we got to get your quick two minute three minute thoughts on the godzilla trailer oh yeah minus 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 one, one. minus one <laughs> i think that's how it said yeah. right something like Bilal, you did a good impression uh, uh, he's me. better yeah he he has it down you excited for this um I mean, there's really nothing to look at. No. It's up. There's like a couple of the. There's a couple of like images that are out there that are not in the trailer of the, what the actual Godzilla looks like. Um, like if you look at the ride, there's a ride that this Godzilla is based on, and it looks like a video game version of Godzilla. It's like doesn't really not convincing, but still cool because it's modeled after the. Like classic Godzilla, I would like to see the fangs and the ears on it, like more prominently. But with that said, I like it way better than Shin. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be more of a Godzilla that is more animated and less of like a stiff, like just like a beam spewing thing. So I'm excited. I don't know why they're going back to the origin. Unless they're setting up a, a shared universe, because you got to start at the bottom, like at, at the beginning, to get all these other monsters out there. So it's 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 at this point interesting to me. Um, the stuff that has come out from Japan has been very cerebral. So you look at Singular Point or Godzilla Earth, 
and all of those things have been very cerebral and not very action-oriented or even visceral in terms of Godzilla. It's always been about, like, science and whatever. And then Shin Godzilla is about, like, government bureaucracy. Hearings. Government hearings. Yeah. So, like, I don't know which way they're going with this. I'm hoping that they just kind of follow um, the monster versus Godzilla versus Kong and just like, let them fight at the end of the day. Because if you're not going to really kill the story, like, just let me give me something to fucking enjoy. And that's at the end of the day what it is. It's like a lot of the. I, I remember I, I just kind of watched a little bit of 2014 the other day. And I'm like, wow, this is a really like serious film. But it's kind of boring because it takes a long time to get the Godzilla. So they have to like always deal with that. Like how much do you use? Is it going to be overdone? And then you have Godzilla versus Kong that gives you like tons of fucking action. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, give me it all. (laughs) Let's go. So uh, I don't know. I don't know which way they're going to go with it, but I'm intrigued. I like the design. I believe in the director. I just don't know what they're going to do at the end of the day. This could be a whole who knows. We don't know that there's another monster involved. So it's, at this point in time, it's the sequel to Oppenheimer, though. That's what's great about it. <laughs> Direct line to post war. Look, man, like what they, happened? It could be way worse. Yeah. So it's we're in a good spot right now. I that it looks cool. I like the time period that it's post war Japan in the forties. That's interesting. Minus one. Minus one. That's a terrible title. Uh, yeah, but it's kind of confusing. <laughs> Plus one. Lottie explained it last week. Divided. Still stupid. Divided by it, two. Like, not it, great, like, but, you know. Yeah, like we're at zero. Like uh, Godzilla zero was much way better. It's like almost like, okay, this is no, the. Less this than is the, zero. Yeah. All right. Like he's snorting coke off of. Yeah, less, yeah Robert Downey Jr. Young Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> okay, that's it for this week. Rugs, where can the people find you now? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy. Not Twitter anymore. Oh, you can find me on X. Exit. X him on X. What the fuck, Elon Musk? Just change it. Yeah, shit. take some ecstasy. Anyways, mm-hmm. yes. At, feel myself at really Rugboy, and uh, you X me. You can find all the links in our show episode description for this episode on our website. Most important thing you can do, listener, share the show. Embrace Barbenheimer. Wear pink and go see Oppenheimer. It'll be hilarious. I I highly encourage that. Uh, thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Andy. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. We'll beep you next time. We'll beep you next time. <laughs> I'll pay, 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 pay. I fucking <laughs> loved it. Get your hand off my penis. <laughs> <laughs>